Radio.com. Tuesday, the 26th of September. Let's begin together in prayer on this Feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Grant peace, O Lord, you are a helper close at hand. Grant peace of heart to all who are troubled and afraid. You are in our midst when life's ills assail us. Keep our hearts fixed on you amid all disturbances. Your word is the river of life which gives joy to your people. Refresh in prayer all who are burdened. You put an end to war and the weapons of war. Teach us to lay aside our quarrels with our neighbors. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saints Cosmos and Damien, pray for us. You know, I'm looking at my Magnificat app, and I'm realizing that when I loaded it today, I still had it on yesterday's morning intercessions. So if those were new to you, it means that you probably didn't get up early enough yesterday. And if you were like, hey, he prayed that yesterday, then maybe we're all being called to just reemphasize that in our lives. End division and quarreling with your neighbor or your digital neighbor. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls up this hour. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit in prayer with Father Boniface Hicks, who's been going through his book, Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. We'll catch up with Marlon De La Torre from the Diocese of Columbus. Also on this feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien, these twin saints who were doctors of the church, but they were actually medical doctors of the church. Uh, we're going to talk with Mike Aquilina about them. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it's two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. President Biden is calling on Congress to pass legislation to fund the government and avoid a shutdown by the end of the month. In remarks yesterday, Biden called on House Republicans to abide by the partisan bipartisan funding agreement that he negotiated with Speaker Kevin McCarthy back in May. He said a small group of conservative lawmakers who want deep spending cuts don't want to live up to that deal. The president stressed that a shutdown would hurt everyday Americans. Meanwhile, the president plans to join picketers with the United Auto Workers today in Michigan. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says President Biden is standing by the side of workers and hoping for a win-win agreement. Officials say that ethnic Armenians have begun their exodus from Nagorno-Karabakh, also known as Artsakh, following last week's takeover by the Azerbaijani military. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. David Babayan, an official in the region's ethnic Armenian government, has told Reuters news agency that he expects almost all of Karabakh's 120,000 ethnic Armenians to leave. They do not want to live as part of Azerbaijan, he said. 99.9% prefer to leave our historic lands. The fate of our poor people will go down in history as a disgrace and a shame for the Armenian people and for the whole civilized world. 
world. Nagorno-Karabakh is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, but has been governed by ethnic Armenians since the collapse of the Soviet Union. Azerbaijan says that it wants to reintegrate the Armenians, now within its borders, as equal citizens. Armenia, however, has raised fears of human rights abuses and ethnic cleansing, pointing out that Azerbaijan has refused international oversight of the reintegration process and failed to provide details on how it would be achieved. The Armenian government has promised to accommodate all refugees from the enclave, saying it will lovingly welcome our brothers and sisters. And around the year 300 AD, Armenia became the first country in the world to officially adopt Christianity. Both the European Parliament and UNESCO, the United Nations Cultural Agency, have raised concerns over the destruction of the historic Christian sites in the enclave. In an interview with BBC in 2020, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev did denied that there is any cause for concern, suggesting the churches had been targeted accidentally. Pope Francis visited Armenia in 2016. Earlier this year, he sent Cardinal Pietro Perlin to the region to meet with both Armenian and Azerbaijani officials concerning the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh. I'm Christopher Wells. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors. He said to them, the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by society at large. He said, quote, how the world would change if we saw in the suffering of every child, of every vulnerable person, a trait imprinted in the veil with which Veronica wiped the face of Christ, end quote. He invited everyone to pray through the intercession of St. Therese so that those who commit these crimes against children may can be converted and see in their victims the eyes of Jesus. In Washington, the House Oversight Committee will hold its first hearing on the impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Thursday. It'll likely focus on constitutional and legal questions around the president's alleged involvement in his son Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings during his time as vice president. Committee Chair James Comer also plans to subpoena the personal bank records of Hunter Biden and the president's brother, James Biden. Seven Republican presidential candidates have qualified for Wednesday's debate in California. Mark Mayfield reports. The RNC announced on Monday that former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who took part in the first debate in Milwaukee last month, didn't make the cut. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Vice President Mike Pence will return to the stage, along with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. The group also includes entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Former President Trump is skipping the debate. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Writers Guild of America of America leadership is expected to vote today on whether to approve a tentative deal that could end the writers' strike. Its negotiating committee reached the agreement with Hollywood's top studios over the weekend, suspending all picketing. If the deal is agreed to, it would then go to the roughly 11,000 WGA members for approval. And the Bengals took down the Rams in a rematch of Super Bowl 56 in Monday night football. Cincinnati defeated Los Angeles 19-16 at Paycor Stadium. Kicker Evan McPherson drilled four of his five field goal attempts and running back Joe Mixon found the end zone on a 14-yard run in the third quarter to lift Cincinnati to its first win finally 
of the season. L.A. slips to one and two with the loss. Well, well, you know, two Did years Did you ago. stay up to watch this game, Matt? No. The Bengals are undefeated in their white helmets. Paul Lockman is wearing his Bengals hat today. Is it a white Bengals hat? No. <clears throat> the white Bengals uniform on the white black Bengals and hat, white. Paul? He does. It makes me look like <laughs> there's something wrong with my television or something. I'm not a... It was really exciting for us at home. We don't have cable. Unless you're Siegfried and Roy, your your tigers are orange and black. I like the Siberian tiger look on the Bengals. I like those I, uniforms. You don't like those uniforms? I don't like those uniforms. They're undefeated in them. Okay. They're not undefeated in my fashion portfolio. I love the white uniforms. Well, at any rate, Anna Mitchell, the Monday Night Football. Agree to disagree. Okay. So first of all, if it's not on, if I can't get it on my antenna, I don't watch it. That's right. How it so works. was it not on your antenna? No, this is like a ESPN two or something like that. Okay. See, I was. I don't pay for cable. Yeah, neither do I. And so Will I and I were like. Stand funny and hold the thing up. We were like trying to get oh, it yeah, signal. through an app and couldn't do it, and we just kind of threw up our hands and like, oh, I guess we're not going to watch it. And then my friend told me. That the local NBC affiliate picked it up. So we really? got to watch it on the antenna. And it was, you know, well, I went to bed when it was like 6 to 3 Rams. But I think See, Will stayed up to watch the whole thing. it also came on at 8 p.m. Eastern. And at 8 yeah. p.m. Eastern, there's a television show I produced called The Journey Home. So oh, I would have missed the first, yeah. the first quarter. Or actually, over the quarters are like an hour and a half now. Your guest on The I've... Journey Home last night is yeah. uh, going to be joining us on the Sunrise Morning Show. So. so the journey home's only an hour long, so I only would have missed about the first eight minutes of the first quarter. Ah, well, there you go. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks. He is co-author, along with Father Thomas Acklin, of Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. So prayer and the spiritual gifts... Um, this is where people can either get really excited or really nervous, <laughs> depending on your personality <laughs> type and how things work. But um, we've got the gifts of the Spirit. We've got the fruits of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. We've got all these things where the Holy Spirit, the most mysterious person of the Trinity, um, is working with us in prayer. So what are some good things to understand in the background so that we know how to talk about the Holy Spirit in prayer? Well, one of the things I try to do in the book, in the chapter on uh, charismatic prayer, prayer in the Spirit, is to try to connect that a little bit more, so to take it a little bit more out of the weird and into some of the principles that we talked about earlier in the book. In terms of the vulnerability, uh, in, in terms of the experience of our own poverty, our own limitations and littleness and in terms of uh, God's sometimes his hiddenness and, and the way that the, the gifts in the Spirit are another expression or, or engage prayer in all of those same categories. They're not just sort of like suddenly the rules change and they come in from outer space or something. So the uh, openness to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, in his own way, the hiddenness of God. Christ is the revelation of God. The Word is the revelation of God. And there is also a depth of God that is unknown except the Spirit who searches the depths of God. And so when we when we enter into the Spirit, there, there is something mysterious, but 
that's because the depths of God are, are also somewhat mysterious. And, and we get to a point in prayer that we can't express everything in words and images, and yet we want to keep praying. And, and prayer in tongues, that sort of ecstatic prayer that uh, doesn't have an intelligible content, as St. Paul says, I, I pray with my mind and I pray in the Spirit. And he makes it clear that those are two distinct things. They can go together, but they can also be separate. We can keep praying in the Spirit even when our mind kind of reaches its limits, and that's not a problem. Our humanity can't contain the entirety of the mystery of God. And, and so the Holy Spirit works in us and prays in us, and sometimes that's uh, silence, sometimes that's tongues, sometimes that's uh, some other form of, of more ecstatic prayer. So so the prayer in the Spirit is uh, just an extension of our, our regular prayer life, and, and we allow the Holy Spirit to have uh, a little bit more room there, taking us into places that are a little bit beyond our, our human capacities. Well, I was just thinking, uh, as you were saying this, I, you know, sometimes people will look and they'll see TV preachers in a Pentecostal gathering and, like, people, you know, yelling words that aren't real words, right? And, uh, you know, knocking each other out and dancing up the aisles. And that can be the thing that have, people have in their minds. You know, I grew up in the South and evangelicalism, and I saw some stuff, man. I saw some stuff. <laughs> it got, got a little wild, right? Uh, whereas in, in the in the Catholic faith, um, all this has to be subjected to um, kind of the principles we already know about God and, and sort of the the structure and framework of what the church teaches about everything else, that's very different than how charismatic prayer ends up functioning in some places outside the church where there kind of is no sort of regulatory framework for this stuff, and it can get a little bit out of hand, and personalities can elevate things, and and it can be much more of a person, you know, kind of manipulating a crowd than it can be this, you know, what so often Mm -hmm. happens in the charismatics that I talk to who are Catholics, that it is just them just getting into like a space where they're really truly connecting with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think even uh, we don't have time for the whole story, but just to, to realize, and it's becoming a point of, of ecumenical unity that that the uh, evangelical church, the Pentecostal churches, were really birthed by the prayer of Leo the Thirteenth in the beginning of the twentieth century. He prayed, and then they began to pray in tongues. <laughs> hmm. And he consecrated the 20th century to the Holy Spirit under the direction of Blessed Elena Guerra, who was a, a nun, um, wrote to him several times. He did everything she told him to, wrote an encyclical on the Holy Spirit, established a novena to the Holy Spirit, and then consecrated the 20th century to the Holy Spirit by praying the Veni Creator in St. Peter's Basilica and in Topeka, Kansas, within hours the, the first sort of prayer in tongues took place. So it's a very interesting connection. And then the Catholic Charismatic Renewal was birthed in front of the Blessed Sacrament at the Ark and the Dove in, uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about an hour away from my monastery. And so the, the groundedness in the sacraments and in the magisterium flowing from the, the teaching of the Pope, it's not, a, it's not outside of that. It's still, as you were saying, subjected to those uh, points of prayer and, and the structures of the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's funny to me that when St. Paul is talking in you know places like 1 Corinthians and he's trying to uh, talk about the goodness of these gifts, he's also talking about them in the necessity of them being 
somehow ordered towards Christ in a way that does not become individualistic or does not become like a competition about who can speak in tongues the best, you know, or things like that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, again, it is, we're dealing with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is mysterious. I mean, we know some things about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit knows and expresses for us in ways that are, you know, kind of, by, as St. Paul says, in groans that cannot be uttered because <laughs> we don't even know what we're mm. saying sometimes. And we just sort of like, Argh! and the Holy Spirit kind of like communicates that into something. Uh, but uh, Father Boniface Hicks, if our listeners want to get your book and read more about this, it's a very, I think, uh, interesting and balanced and measured and clear uh, kind of unpacking of the charismatic gifts. How do we find your book? Uh, stpaulcenter.com will get you to uh, Emmaus Road Publishing and Personal Prayer, a guide for receiving the Father's love by Father Boniface and Father Tom Acklin. And hopefully we'll get into some more aspects of charismatic stuff here in the coming weeks. Thanks so much, Father Boniface. Have a great day. You too, Matt. Great to be with you. 17 past. Here's Anna with news. Oops. No, it's not. No, it's not. She'll be back with headlines after the break. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com. That's fathomevents.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from. And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on whatever you buy. You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. Why do we need to pray? We don't pray because God needs our prayers. We pray because we need God's grace. And every day when I face the day, I realize I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and I need God to walk me through my day, step by step, giving me the grace, the counsel, the love, the encouragement that enables me to glorify Him in everything that I do and become the person He wants me to be. Prayer is my lifeline. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors, saying the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by the entire society. Officials say that ethnic Armenians have begun their exodus from Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, following last week's takeover by the Azerbaijani military. And the Attorney General of California 
is suing pregnancy centers over abortion pill reversal. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Today, the Feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien. Of course, twin saints, and that's always fun. So happy feast day to any twins out there. You know, Anna Mitchell, in uh, our local broadcasts, we actually have an underwriter in the Cincinnati area called Twin Dental. Oh, yeah. And so I just want to give a shout-out to uh, to Catholic Dennis, the Rothen brothers, who uh, are kind enough to use their dentistry practice to, to underwrite awesome. the Catholic radio station. So they're not exactly, I mean, they're not named Cosmos and Damien, but that's a very Cosmos and Damien kind of thing to do. Yep, yep. Go help is. people with their teeth and then... You well, know, I'm looking forward. the spread of the gospel. I'm looking forward to the conversation you're going to have with Mike Aquilina at the end of this hour because they're known as non-mercenaries, meaning they weren't in it for the money. Right. And I think that that's such a cool title to receive. Non-mercenaries, Cosmos and Damien, pray for, for sure. us. For more than two decades, Sacred Heart Radio has filled the local airwaves with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Catholic perspective on issues and events. And because of your participation, we've had the resources to share the ministry of our local clergy and produce the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith. But even though you'll soon see the Sunrise Morning Show on video, our work to bring others to Christ has only begun. So please tell everyone you know where locally they'll hear the good news on Sacred Heart Radio and on the Sacred Heart Radio app. Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply. A Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on this feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien. Pray for us. Marlon De La Torre is back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's Senior Director of the Department of Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. He writes at knowingisdoing.org. Good morning, Marlon. Go Bucks. Good morning, Eddie, and go Bucks. Have you recovered? 
from this weekend? You know, it was a it was a very tantalizing game. <laughs> as, as people know, my only two football loyalties in college, Ohio State and, and Notre Dame, so it was kind of a uh, bipolar experience. No offense um, to anyone out there, but uh, uh, but I, I I have to admit the the last drive was was quite uh, quite enjoyable to watch. Whew. I am still recovering myself. So anyway, it's good to talk to you afterwards. Likewise, likewise. So uh, not the topic of our conversation today, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. We are going to be talking today about helping others to find Jesus. And you tell a story in your blog post about a guy named Tim. Tell Mm -hmm. us Tim's story. You know, Tim not being his real name, obviously, um, was a gentleman who had, who had visited me for for some time, and he just uh, w- was trying to find his way. Uh, I would say, not even a nominal Catholic, Catholic just by baptism by chance, if that makes sense. And he he kind of had a, a very uh, very simple way of looking at the world. Uh, he understood maybe, all right, maybe I should go to to church on Christmas, maybe a funeral, and, and that was really the majority of his upbringing. Uh, he, he was somebody who was pretty pretty content being nothing when it comes to spirituality. I mean, it's just him, the world, and his job, and and, and how he he viewed life. And so this particular story struck him because he he was profoundly moved by somebody who he appeared to. Be you know what this guy maybe looks disheveled, maybe looks distraught. But he was caught by how he took the time to say a blessing before a meal, and this, for whatever reason, overwhelmed him. Um, amidst the chaos of the restaurant, everybody minding their own business, eating their meal, this particular man just struck him as if he's the only one that existed in the restaurant, and he took time out to to pray, and for whatever reason, this moved him. This this so just brought him outside of his normal reality that he was compelled to ask him why. Why would you do that? Because his perception of him was, oh, this guy looks tired, looks dead, looks beaten. Um, He doesn't look very happy. But the moment he asked him, this guy just gave out a profound joy, a profound sense of happiness that, well, let me tell you why. And unbeknownst to Tim, this gentleman just evangelized to him through his personal witness of why he would take time out to give glory and thanks to God for this meal. And it started Tim on his journey, praise God. And this was something that moved him to the point where, all right, how did you find him? Who's him being Jesus Christ? What drew you to him? And why would you, through all your perceived calamity, your suffering, that you would still give thanks to someone that I just can't understand? Uh, and this is really part of his background, um, which was really moving to, to hear and to really realize that it, it's, sometimes it is that, that simple glance at someone's life that can move you. Mm. Marlon, you know, we have all of these evangelization programs. Mm-hmm. We have churches that are open mm-hmm. on Sundays. I mean, there mm-hmm. are those that, that think all we need to evangelize is just mm-hmm. to have a broken person walk into a mm-hmm. beautiful liturgy. And I'm not mm-hmm. discounting that because those Correct. things can work for sure. And mm-hmm. I do not place limits on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But Tim would have been nowhere near them. I mean, Correct. like he was just mm-hmm. not in mm-hmm. that realm. Correct. And that's where a lot of our faithful are today. I think yesteryear, I'd say 25 years ago, you at least had a semblance of people looking 
for for God. And when they could find something that would parallel that thought of God, they would walk into a, to a Catholic church, walk into a mass, a liturgy, and be profoundly moved because somehow that resonates with them. Uh, I believe, unfortunately, we don't have as much of that anymore. And so it's really going to be ultimately the, that, the individual that could express a sense of peace uh, amongst calamity. And the, I think that I believe is what we're, um, I think, facing now. And for Tim, thank God he he had someone that was able to push against the tide by himself, unbeknownst to this poor guy who was eating his meal, uh, but was able to move him. And but I, I believe you're correct. Not everybody is moved by a program, and unfortunately, not everybody can be moved the moment they step into a Catholic church. Well, they may you not know. even find them. If they're not looking for him. And what I think is so beautiful about this man is that, I mean, I don't know how well catechized this man sitting Mm. at his meal was. He didn't need Mm. to be. I Mm. was so struck by how simple his answer was and Mm. how I would have never thought to say, I never know when my last meal on earth will be. So Mm -hmm. I give thanks to the Lord Jesus for this food. Correct. Like I who sit on Catholic radio five days a week, three hours a day. Mm -hmm. And that answer never occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the irony? I actually know the guy that did that to Tim. Wow. And um, which was really, really funny in the end. So I thought it was just very providential for Tim. Wow. Yeah. Providential is a great word for this, for this story of Tim. And thank God. You know, um, for it. It's such, I mean, I, I'm, I was so struck by it. So struck by it. Go read about it over at knowingisdoing.org. We've been talking to Marlon De La Torre. You can find Knowing Is Doing linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Marlon, thank you so much and go Bucks. Appreciate it, Annie. Go Bucks. You can find all of our guests linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Be sure to click that subscribe button. So you can get it emailed to you every day as we go on the air. SunriseMorningShow.com. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Seven Republican presidential candidates have qualified for Wednesday's debate in California. The RNC announced yesterday that former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who did take part in the first debate in Milwaukee last month, did not make the cut. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Vice President Mike Pence will return to the stage along with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. The group will also include entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Former President Trump has decided to skip the debate. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors. He said to them, the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by the entire society. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Singarini has more. The abusers that have affected the church are only a pale reflection of a sad reality that involves all of humanity and to which the necessary attention is not paid. In his address, the Pope associated the suffering of abused children and of all vulnerable persons to that of the suffering of Christ, recalling the martyr child, St. Christopher de la Guardia, celebrated 
celebrated on the 25th of September in Spain. Pope Francis warmly thanked the Catholic Latin American Commission involved in training priests and religious for the protection of minors, saying its work is one of the several contributions to the progress the Church has made in the past years in addressing and eradicating child abuse. He remarked that it must also be a significant work for society so that the steps and achievements of the church in this field can be an incentive for other institutions to promote this culture of care, referring to the image that identifies each of the little ones with Christ himself. The Pope further noted that the church's efforts in fighting this scourge is not limited to the mere application of protocols, but also entrusted to Jesus in prayer. Concluding his address, Pope Francis invited to pray St. Theresa of the child Jesus so that those who commit these crimes may be converted and see in their victims the eyes of Jesus. I am Lisa Zingarini. The Attorney General of California is suing pregnancy centers in his state for what he claims is false advertising. In his lawsuit, Rob Bonta targeted what he called misleading advertising of abortion pill reversal. Bonta calls the centers predatory and is accusing them of making false promises to pregnant patients. President Biden will join the picket lines alongside United Auto Workers members in Michigan today. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre says the president is hoping for a, quote, win-win agreement. Union members are striking against the big three automakers calling for higher wages and job protections. The Writers Guild of America leadership is set to vote today on whether or not to approve a tentative deal that would end the writer's strike. Its negotiating committee reached the agreement with Hollywood's top studios over the weekend, suspending all picketing. If the deal is agreed upon, it would then go to the roughly 11,000 WGA members for their approval. The writer's walkout began more than 140 days ago, bringing the film and TV industry to a halt. Libyan officials are being detained in an investigation into the deadly collapse of two dams after flooding in the coastal city of Derna. Brian Shook has more. A statement from the Libyan Attorney General's office says that 16 top officials are potentially facing a criminal case. Derna's mayor and several water infrastructure authorities are included in those detained. Heavy rain sent massive flooding through the city on September 10th, killing close to 4,000. I'm Brian Shook. The bishops of Canada are meeting this week with a number of important life issues to discuss. The Catholic News Agency reports their plenary assembly runs through Thursday. Among the items on their agenda are discussions on the rise of deaths by euthanasia in their country, as well as the protection of minors. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. 
Schneller and Aquaman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at bridgetownfinermeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at bridgetownfinermeats.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of Saints, Cosmos, and Damien, Tuesday, September the 26th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like you might need your umbrella later today. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly to mostly cloudy today with some evening showers and storms primarily to the west and a high of 81 degrees. Scattered showers tonight and a few storms possible with an overnight low of 60. Showers likely with a few storms tomorrow and a high of 76. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower by evening and a high of 78 today. Cloudy with scattered showers and storms tonight and an overnight low of 60. Cloudy with showers likely tomorrow and a high of 75. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain and Anna Mitchell, uh, since you and I have been messaging off the air. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Father Boniface was talking a little bit about charismatic gifts, and we were trying to, like, process that because, you know, it is kind of a mysterious world, and neither you or I nor I um, are involved in, you know, charismatic renewal. Right. You know, communities or anything like that. But we both have, like, friends and family who are. Uh <laughs> Oh, actually, yeah, you know. In, like, a really strong way in our circles, mm-hmm. uh, that very much comes up. I thought it would be interesting because I sent you a video. You asked me a question. I sent you a video that I hope you watch later today. Oh, okay. By your buddy and mine, Dr. Paul Thigpen, who oh. was a Pentecostal pastor. And years and years ago, um, at one of the Coming Home Network's Deep in History conferences, he did a uh, talk, and it was called From Topeka to Rome – how the Pentecostal movement has brought millions closer to the Catholic Church. Oh wow! <laughs> Which it's like a hist- it's like a history of American Pentecostalism and kind of like a personal history of him. Uh, but I had never really kind of timed things the way that um, Father Boniface had talked about the timing of, of Pope Leo and you know praying to the Holy Spirit and 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 all those other things. But what's interesting, I don't want to speak too much of the history because I'll get dates wrong. And I'll mm-hmm. mispronounce people's names. Sure. But I can sum up a couple of interesting points that Paul made that have really stuck with me in my work with Pentecostals who are exploring Catholicism. Mm-hmm. So if you look around mainline Christianity, uh, and even if you look in sort of non-denominational megachurch Christianity, you will hear people say things like – "Um." We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit comes, and we will pray that a mighty move of God takes place, right? And, you know, maybe you have that moment in your service, and maybe you don't. There are even some mainline denominations who are like, you know, that age was just for the Acts of the Apostles, and the Holy Spirit doesn't do stuff like that anymore. It's kind of a special occasion. We don't deal with spiritual warfare like that. There's not really miracles even. They're cessationists. 
hmm. <laughs> who believe that there's not even any miracles anymore. Well, there are a couple of groups out there, Christian groups, who believe that when you call down the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes down. One of those would be the Pentecostals. The other group is us. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that happens at every Mass. At every Mass in the Epiclesis. And numerous Pentecostals I know who have become Catholic, uh, a big part of their journey has been their eyes kind of opening to that. Like, the Holy Spirit is not done with the church. The Holy Spirit is in every single service acting powerfully to transform the elements of ordinary bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And But that's if you at didn't the command that, of the priest. It's not like I can make, you know, call right. down the Holy Spirit in the way that a priest does, though. Well, and I'm not saying that the Pentecostals are doing it, right? And there's a lot of theatrics and, and whatever. I'm not saying anything other than to say if you're a Pentecostal and your brain's wired that way and then you walk into a Catholic Mass and mm-hmm. you see a priest say, may your spirit come upon these gifts and somebody rings a bell. And then he holds up this stuff that you don't even know what it is and says, behold, the Lamb of God. That hits different at, to, to a Pentecostal. Interesting. It hits sure. Different. I mean, that makes sense. You know, it happens... Well, I think I'm pretty sure it, in every sacrament, yes, in Epiclesis, including during confession, when the priest puts his hands, uh, extends his hands over us and and prays the prayer of absolution. Where's the sacrament of confession come from in the scriptures? It's from Jesus breathing on, on yeah, his apostles and saying, "Receive the Holy Spirit." Exactly. Uh, there's so I mean, it's a it's a very much a, a charismatic kind of gift, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing, too, and Paul points this out in his Deep in History video, which I really should link on our Facebook page, is that— You really um, should. I really should. That that idea of miracles. Like, Pentecostals believe that you can pray and miracles can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Catholic Church has, like, a whole operation dedicating to investigating these things because we know that a bunch of the accounts of them are actually legitimate and real and true. Yeah. Um, there's not like a, it's not like the Presbyterian Church has a department for investigating miracles. Yeah. Um, but then there's the other thing, Anna Mitchell. What's that? And you may not realize this, but relics are a fascinating draw for Pentecostals because really? Pentecostals, yes, Why? Um, because they they believe in the uh, the power of the anointing of God on the man of God, as it were you know, meaning the preacher or whoever, because they look back at the book of Acts and they talk about, you know, the apostles walking and even people on whom the shadows fell, right, were healed. Bear in mind that these are these are ministries that uh, Pentecostal ministries are very connected with, with healing and miracles. And a lot of it has to do with things that are touched by certain things, right? They, it, hmm. You may not have paid attention to this, but a lot of televangelists through the years have sold prayer shawls that, you know, so-and-so touched or cried on, <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. And so when a Pentecostal formed in that way can go into some place that has a relic of the true cross, right, or has something that was touched by an apostle or touched to the tomb of an apostle, that means something to a Pentecostal. Wow. Not every Pentecostal every time, but those are some interesting touch points that I've heard as recurring themes in the stories of Pentecostals who've become Catholic. Hmm. 
I'm trying to draw on my college days when I would go to Pentecostal services because all of my friends went to, um, it was an Assemblies of God church. Yeah, that's Pentecostal. That's Jimmy Swaggart's church. He was Assemblies of God. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Who knew? I didn't. I knew. Tim Staples knew. None of that really meant anything to me in college. I just went and played guitar during their worship time and, you know, sat and listened to a sermon. And then I went to Mass on Sunday nights. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, and and we're going to get into more of this as we continue with Father Boniface, but the Holy Spirit, the one thing the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you, because sometimes people will just have something in their head and think that if it's in my head, it's from the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, check it against the church. Check, Check it, it in light of the church. the church. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to say, leave the church and go do your own thing. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's not going to say, go start from scratch over here, reject all the authorities over you, mm-hmm. uh, and then go be your own rogue situation with your own secret messages, right? Um, and that's one of the, I mean, even in, when it comes to private revelations, uh, the church takes great care in figuring this thing, these things out. Or if someone, you know, wants to, you know, go off and start a movement and they say the Holy Spirit is leading us to start this new congregation, to start, start this new movement, there's a process and a phase <laughs> that the church goes yeah. through to discern that. Or even Anna Mitchell, when someone says, I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling me to the priesthood or religious life. And the church will say, well, we'll see if we think the Holy Spirit is calling us to accept you. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's always within the framework. This is so interesting because um, last night I was doing the pre-class discussion at the Institute of Catholic Culture um, on, and we were discussing, um, well, Cardinal Dolan's piece in our Sunday Visitor about mass being too long. Which I have not commented on, and I wish you hadn't brought it up with only about... 90 seconds to go in this. Oh, well, I mean, this just to say that I I started, I'm sure you do, Matt. We should actually have a you and me conversation. I want to get Amy Wellborn on to talk about her thoughts on it. She had a great piece that I think really, really put the finger on what the issue is. But just to speak to what you were saying, I went reading through Spirit of the Liturgy by Cardinal Ratzinger slash Pope Benedict XVI. And um, there were just some interesting things that he had to say about the newness of the liturgy. And I'll just read one little paragraph. He said, the more priests and faithful humbly surrender themselves to the descent of God, the more new the liturgy will constantly be and the more true and personal it becomes. Yes, the liturgy becomes personal, true, and new, not through tomfoolery and banal experiments with the words, but through a courageous entry into the great reality that through the right is always ahead of us and can never quite be overtaken. So we'll just leave you with that because we got to go to a break so you can talk about Cosmos and Why? I know. I'm sorry. You're just going to drop that on me? Well, you you know, you did all this talking, and I didn't have time to get in until the end. That was a bad move. (laughs) That was a a tricky move, Anna Mitchell. I know. We'll have to talk about it more later. Indeed. 13 till. We need your help. 
Hello, I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. If you're currently an EWTN media missionary or just interested in becoming one, we've got some great news. EWTN Media Missionaries has a new and improved website. EWTNMissionaries.com, designed with you in mind. Our new site is loaded with great features and it's easy to navigate. There are so many different ways that you can help EWTN. Join us in sharing the eternal word with the world. Visit EWTNMissionaries.com today. From FathersOfTheChurch.com, it's always great to catch up with Mike Hackman. Morning, Matt. So, September the 26th on the Roman calendar is the Feast of Saints Cosmas and Damien, who were twins and doctors. I don't know about you. I've known a lot of twins who go into the same profession uh, over the years, including my own brothers-in-law, who both ended up as police officers. Hey, that's cool. Uh, you know, I, I, now that you say that, I, I realize that I, I, I do as well. You know, there's a pair of dentists that sponsor the radio station here as well that are twin brothers. Uh, but Cosmos and Damien, around what time uh, were they living and where, and what was the state of the church? Well, they lived at the end of the 200s, um, and and uh, the state of the church at, at that time was uh, was great turmoil. Uh, uh, Diocletian had just initiated the, um, the 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 persecution that would be the most severe and far-reaching of of, uh, of the early church. Uh, uh, it, it, it stretched from the end of uh, those last decades of the of the third century into the first decades of the fourth, and it was it was um, it, it was a holocaust. Really, you know, he really did want to wipe out Christianity. It's not that he had a great hatred of Christianity. He was trying to unify the empire. Uh, he took great uh, steps to do that, and his advisors told him, listen, this Christianity is dividing our people. Um, we've got we've to wipe it out. And he tried to wipe it out, and they were victims in that first persecution. And Cosmos of Damien, I mean, they were doctors in the church, but not doctors of the church, as it were. So it's interesting that he would see them as a threat. Uh, I mean, it's you, you could see why he would see Christians who are maybe theologians or bishops or priests as threats, but these were laymen. 
well, you know, I think that that often happens. Uh, these were laymen and they were physicians, and they gave away their medical care for free. You know, and I think that this often happens. That when Christians are very effective at what they what they do, uh, when they're when they're um, when they're doing great things that people are recognizing and and people are praising them for it, well, then they're seen as a great danger. I mean, we saw that toward the end of Mother Teresa of Calcutta's life. Uh, suddenly, people are writing negative books about her. I mean, really, what do you have against Mother Teresa of Calcutta? Well, she's Christian. She's making Christianity look good in a, in a, in a very public way. She's, she's inspiring conversions, very high-profile conversions. She's causing people to change their lives in a way that doesn't really correspond to, uh, to the main cultural narrative right now. She's taking them away from, from, uh, from the great spending and partying that we're all encouraged to do. Well, I'm sure it was that way, too, in the lives of Cosmos and Damien. They were great physicians. They were effective physicians. They worked for free. You know, they wanted to heal people in imitation of Jesus. And, and, uh, and to someone like Diocletian, that was, a, that was a dangerous thing to have in the empire. Yeah, and again, they answered to an authority that was higher than Diocletian, which is ultimately uh, the big part of the problem. Uh, but St. Cosmas and Damien, I, I mean, these are two names that we know uh, of physicians, of caregivers in the early church, but you have a book called The Healing Imperative, and it, you, you have all kinds of data and information and anecdotal evidence that healing the sick was something that the early Christians took very seriously. It was, and and uh, and and uh, it's interesting to note that um, that, uh, that there were that that doctors were were better represented um, in the Christian congregations than any other population. We do we we figure this out by analysis of inscriptions and documents and and everything that we have from the early church, and we find more physicians than any any uh, any other kind of uh, uh, profession. You know, more more than bankers or lawyers or plumbers or or carpenters or anything like that. Physicians are number one. So you know, one of two things is happening there: either Christians by nature are drawn to healing in imitation of Jesus the healer, or doctors are drawn to Christianity because they recognize in Christianity um, something of, the, of the, the impulse toward love, toward goodness that they experience in their profession. And you know, there's something of this that I think speaks to the Catholic understanding of, of, of who we are as human beings. Uh, you know, just as Catholic educators understand the need to educate the whole person, uh, you know, physicians understand the need to heal the whole person. I don't know about you, uh, Mike, but there have been occasions where I've needed some help. Uh, and to be able to go to a doctor who uh, is a strong believer, uh, a good Catholic gentleman or, or woman in a couple of cases, who understands that this is a person who not just has physical needs, but also has spiritual needs. And I'm going to be there for them in a kind of holistic way. That's been my experience all my life, and I have a feeling, a strong feeling, that that was the experience of the Roman Empire. You know, before Christians entered the medical profession, there was no such thing as a hospital. You know, the, 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 the Greeks and the Romans and the Chaldeans and the Egyptians, they all had all of the material components available to them. They had the medical profession. You know, they, 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 they had money. They had, they had the technology, all of these things, but they never built a hospital. 
It took Christianity with those impulses toward charity and toward hospitality to invent this institution that now we think of as indispensable to civilization. You don't have a real city unless you have a few hospitals in it. Well, those, those institutions did not exist until Christianity created them. Well, I know you talk more about this in The Healing Imperative, the early church and the invention of medicine as we know it. If you could just kind of give us a snapshot of what you talk about in that book. Well, that is the, the, the big point, is that Christians did establish medical care as we know it today. And it was a, a medical care that was sustained over time. It was open to all comers. And also, that Christianity established the conditions in the world that were necessary for the conduct of research in medicine. Uh, uh, doctors uh, were wandering professionals. They went from town to town uh, practicing medicine. Well, Christianity, in creating the hospital, made for a stable population of doctors who were able to work collegially and observe many cases over over time and see together what works. This, these were conditions that were necessary for medical research. The science of medicine could not have advanced if Christianity had not acted on the charitable impulse to establish hospitals. It's a fascinating look into the early church and, you know, into early medicine. And if our listeners want to connect with you, Mike, get a copy of your book, The Healing Imperative. Where's the best place to go? Fathersofthechurch.com. Which is, a, which is, of course, linked to sunrisemorningshow.com. we got all kinds of jams mixing this morning. It's not like one of those rock stations. It's like, you're listening to blah, 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 and then five different kinds of music happen in four seconds. And you're like, FM. Well. I don't know if you're listening on AM or FM or on the EWTN app or Sunrise Morning Show app or however you're listening. We're glad that you spent an hour with us, and we got another one coming right after the break. So uh, some great conversations coming up with Steve Ray. Chris McGregor is going to talk about what St. Gregory the Great had to say about uh, angels. So please do stay with us on most of these EWTN stations. It'll be another full hour. Back after this, it's three minutes till. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, and Father Rolf Weeman will share his new book, Sacramentals, Their Meaning and Use. Alan Migliorato will discuss his adventure Catholic parenting tip. I will speak about the nature of spiritual warfare, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at BrozartPharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hard-working professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. 
Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.com. .engagedencounter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ars Cafe and Meeting House, opening October 2nd, offering delicious varieties of coffee and fresh-baked goods, pastries, sandwiches, and soups. Ars Cafe and Meeting House, 6988 North Dearborn Road in Guilford, Indiana. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new We continue on this Tuesday. It is the us. Uh, it's the. I almost said it's the September. It's not the September. It's the twenty sixth of September. It's the feast of Saint Cosmas and Damian, and I need their prayers this morning. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. O glorious martyrs of Christ, Saints Cosmas and Damian, you gave your lives for the love of God, benefiting your fellow man and crowning your martyrdom with an open and loyal profession of your faith. You taught us to love God above all things and to love our fellow man as ourselves, professing always and out, without fear the religion of your Lord, Jesus Christ. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saints Cosmos and Damien, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along on a Tuesday morning. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Father Frank Donio, who is a member of the Palatines, will be uh, continuing our series on his founder, St. Vincent Pilati. And we're going to talk about uh, the mystical spirituality of St. Vincent this morning. Some pretty interesting angles there. Dr. Jim Schrader is a child psychologist, and he is going to share some tips for if your kids have started the school year and they're going through some heavy things already. Now, there's no one-size-fits-all solution, but there's some good principles maybe to think about if you're trying to help your kid out with some of those heavier things like social media struggles or technology or bullying or things like that. Steve Ray is going to join us from the Holy Land, continuing our series on stuff in the Bible. Chris McGregor, speaking of stuff in the Bible, is going to talk about the angels, but she's going to talk about but about what Pope St. Gregory the Great had to say about the angels. So, stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. News of service at Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. 
Good morning. President Biden will be joining the picket lines with the United Auto Workers Union in Michigan today. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says the president is hoping for a win-win agreement. Union members are striking against the big three automakers currently calling for higher wages and job protections. Meanwhile, Riders Guild of America leadership is set to vote today on whether or not to approve a tentative deal that could end the writers' strike. Its negotiating committee reached the agreement with Hollywood's top studios over the weekend, suspending all picketing. If the deal is agreed upon, it would then go to the roughly 11,000 Writers Guild of America members for approval. The writers' walkout began more than 140 days ago, bringing the film and TV industry to a halt. Ethnic Armenians, officials say, have begun their exodus from Nagorno-Karabakh, also known as Artsakh, following last week's takeover by the Azerbaijani military. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. David Babayan, an official in the region's ethnic Armenian government, has told Reuters news agency that he expects almost all of Karabakh's 120,000 ethnic Armenians to leave. They do not want to live as part of Azerbaijan, he said. 99.9% prefer to leave our historic lands. The fate of our poor people will go down in history as a disgrace and a shame for the Armenian people and for the whole civilized world. Nagorno-Karabakh is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, but has been governed by ethnic Armenians since the collapse of the Soviet Union. Azerbaijan says that it wants to reintegrate the Armenians, now within its borders, as equal citizens. Armenia, however, has raised fears of human rights abuses and ethnic cleansing, pointing out that Azerbaijan has refused international oversight of the reintegration process and failed to provide details on how it would be achieved. The Armenian government has promised to accommodate all refugees from the enclave, saying it will lovingly welcome our brothers and sisters. And around the year 300 AD, Armenia became the first country in the world to officially adopt Christianity. Both the European Parliament and UNESCO, the United Nations Cultural Agency, have raised concerns over the destruction of the historic Christian sites in the enclave. In an interview with BBC in 2020, Azerbaijani President Ilham denied that there is any cause for concern, suggesting that churches had been targeted accidentally. Pope Francis visited Armenia in 2016. Earlier this year, he sent Cardinal Pietro Perlin to the region to meet with both Armenian and Azerbaijani officials concerning the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh. I'm Christopher Wells. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors, saying to them that the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by society at large. He said, how the world would change if we saw in the suffering of every child, of every vulnerable person, a trait imprinted in the veil with which Veronica wiped the face of Christ. The Holy Father invited everyone to pray through the intercession of St. Therese for those who commit these crimes, that they may be converted and see in their victims the eyes of Jesus. The White House is warning of consequences of a government shutdown at the end of the month. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack said a shutdown would cut nutrition assistance for nearly 7 million mothers and children covered by the WIC program. It would also impact access to loans for farmers and housing loans for rural families. 
Congress needs to pass legislation to fund the government before October 1st. House Republic- Some House Republicans, however, have been divided on measures to keep the government open. Meanwhile, seven Republican presidential candidates have qualified for the debate in California. Mark Mayfield reports. The RNC announced on Monday that former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who took part in the first debate in Milwaukee last month, didn't make the cut. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Vice President Mike Pence will return to the stage, along with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. The group also includes entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Former President Trump is skipping the debate. I'm Mark Mayfield. NASA is hosting a teleconference today to discuss an upcoming solar eclipse. The annular eclipse will be visible from Oregon to Texas on October 14th, with a partial eclipse visible throughout lower 48. An annular eclipse is also called a ring of fire eclipse because the moon is far enough away from the Earth that it does not cover the entire sun like in a total eclipse, leaving an outside solar ring visible. The conference will stream live on NASA's website at 4 p.m. Eastern. And Travis Kelsey's football jersey sales are exploding in less than 24 hours after Taylor Swift was seen at the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Chicago Bears. Kelsey was listed as one of the top five selling NFL players and saw a 400 percent increase in sales. On Sunday, Swift was seen watching the game from Kelsey's suite with his mother. Rumors of a possible romance between the two have been flying over the last few weeks after TMZ reported they had been, quote, quietly hanging out. I can't even keep, I, I can't even keep a straight face. I was so excited to read this story and get your reaction, Matt. Why don't we just, like, spend time instead talking about other musical Travis's so I can have, like, a little Taylor Swift palate cleanser. You know how you eat something and it's a little funny and you're like, I got to eat some crackers or something to get that story out of my... You have no See, comment. Did you buy a Travis Randy Kelsey Travis, football jersey? No. Merle Travis. <laughs> Travis Tritt. The band Travis. I was so I determined. I think I'm okay now. I think I I'm was, okay now. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't, don't go any farther down that road. I was just going to say, I was so determined to read that with a straight face. It didn't work, did it? No. No, it didn't. <sighs> well. I <don't> <laughs> I'm so disappointed in myself. I'm so disappointed. Anyway. Travis from Blink-182. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, he married a Kardashian. He married a Kardashian, yeah. Oh, I got to start over. <laughs> nice try, Matt. Nice try. Okay, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not usually into those, like, TMZ-type stories, but that one was specifically for Matt. Anyway. Today is Tuesday, September the 26th. We're happy to have you along with us on this feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien. Pray for us. It's 10 past. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Anna. This is good to have you back. And we're continuing our mini-series on the life, spirituality, and legacy of St. Vincent Pallotti, who founded the Palatine Order of which you are a part. And today we are going to get a better sense 
of his spirituality. He was a mystic, wasn't he? He was indeed. Uh, And that's not a common thing to be an apostle and a mystic, somebody who's out in the streets caring for people and really having a very extensive work. And we talked about that in the last interview. And at the same time, a mystic. Now, he was often in in deep prayer in the middle of the night because that's when he could pray. Although he was praying all the time, he would talk about about seeing God in in all things, similar to St. Ignatius, and in this kind of this wide view. But just one little quote that I think speaks to his understanding, because he took it from not just simply the greater glory of God, he was looking at the infinite glory of God, and he was very much focused Mm. on God, who is infinite love. And he says this, my God, my Jesus, I intend to have loved you and to love you with all the love that was, is, and will be, that could be, and should have been in time and eternity, and with all your infinite love. Wow. Yes. And so there's these writings that we have similar to many of the of the mystics, if you've ever read mystical writing, and it's it's a challenge at times to get get into. But there were also really kind of strange things that would happen as well that were very mystical in his life. Yeah. One of them being the fact that he was able to bilocate. Yes, one of them, uh, the fact that he was able to bilocate. And it wasn't something that he could just, you know, kind of like magic snap powers. Snap his fingers, yeah. <laughs> turn snap his fingers and do. But it, it happened. There there were people there. There was there's one instance where uh, somebody came rushing to, to him saying, you need to come now, Father Pilati. We, someone is dying and so forth. And he he says that the person will be, the person is fine. And and hmm. they'll, he had kind of gone into a trance. They thought he had fallen asleep. This was he was hearing confessions, and the person goes back and says, "Well, Father Pilati was here." Well, he says, "No, I, I was just with him. He was in both places." Mm-hmm. And that that was only one instance. The when the when the cause for canonization was moving in the late nineteenth century, there were all kinds of stories uh, of this type. The other thing is, is that when he died, his body is is incorrupt, and you can see it in uh, the Church of Santissimo Salvatore in Onda, which is attached to our Generalate of the Palatines, the church that he was given in the eighteen late eighteen forties, and he's in a crystal um, ca- and gold casket there underneath the main altar. Yeah, I want to go back to this point about how we talked to we talked about him as an apostle last week. We're talking about mm-hmm. him as as a mystic this week and and putting those two together. I mean, that is a powerful powerful saint. Yes, very rooted in so every he's so immersed in this experience of God who he called infinite love. And he, he very much focused on on the the infinite aspect. In fact, if you look at the the logo of the Catholic Apostolate Center, you'll see this this infinity sign with the with a a, a Greek cross that that goes out to all the world. Um, that this love goes out to all the world. And he experienced this very deeply. He also had a deep uh, mystical experiences connected to his devotion to the Blessed Mother, as well. 
Oh, he tell us more. <laughs> he had what was called a, a mystical espousal with the Blessed Mother. This is something that is, has been granted to some saints, uh, This the, that the devotion is, is of such a, a high level that there is this intimate connection that that occurs because he, he recognized, he was very Marian, and he recognized the uh well this in in his experience of devotion to the blessed mother the a way to christ and not and and a way that was uh that was not not so significant that in his mystical experiences he had this intimate connection with the blessed mother and this as i said some saints have had this 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 type of experience and it's, it's called a mystical espousal and uh it is something that very difficult for us to understand, you know, as kind of normal people. But <clears throat> but for mystics, their experience of God is so intimate. And that's why he, he called himself nothingness and sin, because he was so closely connected in these mystical experiences with God and also in his relationship with the Blessed Mother that he recognized in the smallest of things his, his lack, his sinfulness, his nothingness before the infinity of God. <laughs> I can only imagine, my goodness, to to have those experiences and be able to recognize the the grandeur, the the infinity of God. Um, but I think this is so beautiful. This merging of of the mystical with the the apostolicity. Um, that that he's receiving all of this love but he doesn't receive it for himself he receives it no. for for all his motto was uh which other saints had taken up as well but from saint paul the charity of christ urges us on or the love of christ impels us so he experienced this love but he could never keep it to himself he had to he was impelled to go forth out into the world and bring to, to the suffering, to anyone who who needed this experience, and he believed that was everyone, and and so he he as we we talked about prior, you know, he was confessor to popes and the poor, and he was out there with the poorest of the poor, so he knew he he was just moved in an incredible way by these experiences of encounter with God in a deep and, and intimate way that uh, that we, we we see in, in in so many of the great mystics but this combination is somewhat unique it's incredible thank you so much father frank tonio you can find the catholic apostolate center go check out that that logo that he was talking about over at catholicapostolatecenter.org 17 past now on the sunrise morning show we're back with headlines right after this the new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com that's fathomevents.com for over 500 years the church honored spiritual exercises of saint ignatius of loyola have formed many saints this treasured way of personal prayer with god is now available to you for free order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com 
and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord, Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. It's back to school time and back to a busier morning routine. If you're going to need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of Mystic Monk coffee. And when you go to the Mystic Monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student. All available in our online store. Find our store and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. Divine Intimacy Radio. When you engage with the wisdom of saints this way, it stokes the fires of God in our hearts, encourages us, strengthens us, and gives us wisdom to deal with the difficulties of life. It also gives us wisdom that allows us to rise above all of the junk, to live with joy and peace in the midst of even the most difficult circumstances. Divine Intimacy Radio, Sunday, 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. 19 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. President Biden will be joining the picket line alongside United Auto Workers Union members today. Ethnic Armenian Christians have begun their exodus from their traditional homeland of Nagorno-Karabakh, also known as Artsakh, following last week's takeover by the Azerbaijani military. And Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors, talking about how the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by the entire society. Next newscast coming up at about half past the hour. Anna Mitchell, I uh, log on to Twitter every morning. And it's just I'm sorry. horrible, horrible takes getting elevated mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people getting caught up in things. I try not to get caught up in them, but I just wanted to, to put it out there that it can also distort your perspective when you see people fighting over church and people in the church. In a normal room, if there were two crazy people on one side and two crazy people on the other side and 22 normal people in the middle, those people would be like, Ruining the vibe and crushed out. (laughs) There are more normal people than you think. They are just not on Twitter. They're not as loud. Does your parish have a spiritual event planned? Sacred Heart Radio can help get the word out. Whether it's a parish mission, 40 hours of adoration, or a speaker you've invited, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on events and give us the facts to put on the radio and on our events calendar. One of the benefits of having a local Catholic station is to inform our listeners of the many spiritual activities happening throughout the tri-state. So to submit a spiritual event planned for your parish, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on events. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 
513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Dr. James Schrader, Vice President of the Psychology and Wellness Department for Easter Seals Rehab Center. Find his writing and podcasts at james-schrader.com. You can also catch him every now and then in places like the National Catholic Register. Dr. Schrader, good morning. Yeah, good morning. So I know that you, at the beginning of school, well, let's just say business is probably booming for you <laughs> because all the issues that might have been put off during the summer kind of resurface when kids go back to school. Uh, but when it comes to the major issues, um, especially when it comes to adolescents who are facing kind of big things in their life, parents can feel kind of helpless, can't they? I mean, is this part of why it's important to have you kind of larger psychological conversations? Yeah, they can. I mean, there's so much that goes on when you come back to school, and it's not just the academics, right? It's coming back into the social world. It's coming back into managing the technology. It's coming back into all sorts of things that are going on. So, yeah, I think it's one of the reasons why we as parents, one of the first things we always have to do in general is to make sure we're having ongoing conversations about really relevant issues. And I think a lot of people have grown up in places or had situations where they just they felt like they were trying to go through the motions, but they were struggling because they didn't really feel like there was an avenue of communication that was always open. And so they didn't really know how to reach out in a positive way, and then that often leads to negative, you know, habits and behaviors. Well, I mean, there's also a lot of, and uh, I'm not going to say other people, I'll say me, of thinking, well, let me just bring in my own memories of similar experiences, and I'll, I'm going to crack this case at home. Right? I don't need right. else, outside help. <laughs> you know, and there should be a reliance upon our own experience of these issues and what we thought was handled well or poorly in our own experience. But we've got a whole community. We've got a whole church full of people. We've got a whole body of research that shares us, shares all kinds of interesting things that might be helpful to us. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, we as parents would like to think that we can take care of everything on our own. But sometimes, I mean, true strength, true resiliency lies in the fact of saying, hey, look, here's what I have to offer, but I also realize that you probably are needing some other resources, right? And those resources are available. And I think that's one of the things that we have to remember as parents is that fear is often the major component, the major reason why all of us don't necessarily get the help we need. And maybe it's fear of embarrassment, right? Maybe it's fear of trying something and, and then you think, oh, but what if – I fail, or what if my kids try it and they fail? I mean, fear is, you know, it's understandable. It's very, very natural. But unfortunately, it is often resistance. And I was talking about this recently, the idea that, you know, fear exists on a continuum. On one of the continuum is what we call the true real threat continuum, or part of the continuum, like, you know, my fear of walking across the interstate or my fear of being around someone who's abusive. Like, there's a true threat there, and that fear is kind of guiding us away from something that is not safe. But on the other end of the continuum is what we call that resistance, um, that idea of that I have fear that really is actually resistance towards you know, greater growth in my capacity, greater growth in the areas I need to improve. 
And of course, everything that lies in, in between, you know, you can kind of have a mixture of both. But so often, I think with us and our kids, we find that, that the fear we're having is largely weighted in that area of resistance. And it's not so much that there's a true threat that awaits this, but rather it's resistance to something that's much better. And that's, that's where we really have to focus our attention on avenues of growing through that. I think one of the things that parents tend to struggle with um, quite a bit, at least all the parents that I talk to whenever I commiserate, is that you know, where is that balance between being in the situation as much as you're supposed to be without smothering a person, <laughs> you know, right. because right. you don't want to be distant and seem like you're not there for your kid, but you don't want to be smothering until where they're just like, ah, just leave me alone, dad, right? I mean, these, right. these are the things that, that I think a lot of parents, when it comes to, I mean, and you've mentioned things like bullying or maybe like trouble on social media or trouble with boundaries, uh, trouble with stuff at school that kids aren't really willing to even talk about. Like, I mean, I feel like that's a tension that, that a lot of parents have to deal with. Like, how much is too much? How much is too little when I get involved? Right. We, I was actually speaking at a couple of parishes up in Minneapolis this past weekend, and we were having this very discussion that we're talking about right now, which is that you feel like part of you feels like when your kids are struggling, that as a good parent, you immediately need to swoop in and kind of rescue them and like take care of what's going on and make sure that you have solutions and everything available. But what we were saying was that while at, that is out of good intent, you know, that's out of good care, especially as our kids are getting older, if we continue to do that too much, right, we continue to be in helicoptering in or whatever else, we can also kind of be preventing development of skills that these kids need as they're getting into be adults. And so one of the merges that I said this weekend we were talking about as an idea is that if you're a parent in this situation, you can kind of you can provide care, you can provide conversation, you can provide re reflection and ideas to a certain extent. But one thing we shouldn't do, especially with our adolescents, is we shouldn't allow them just to avoid something altogether, like maybe avoid making a decision about it or avoid um, taking a step that is necessary to kind of remedy a situation. So the merge here is to say, look, and this is literally what I would say to one of our adolescents, like, hey, look, here's how I'm going to help you out with this. But you've got to be part of this. You've got to be a co-partner. Like, I'm not going to rescue you from this. And so by not rescuing them fully, you are still kind of encouraging their development um, to the point that it's, you know, good for getting older in their adulthood. But at the same time, you're showing some level of care um, and concern that they recognize. You know who else says, I want to be involved in your life and I want to give you the, the help that you need to do things, but I want you to be involved in this process and be a cooperator in it? Uh, yeah. God. 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 Right. Right. We are co-partners in everything we do, and that's why we have this gift of free will that we are left to use, right? Yeah. Well, it just reminds us that parents, uh, you know, God gave us this vocation to be a reflection of what he wants for, for us. So... Great stuff, Dr. James Schrader. Really appreciate you as always. We've got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. And while you're there, put in your email and subscribe. Get those show notes delivered to your inbox every day. Sunrisemorningshow.com. Click subscribe. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. President Biden will be joining the picket lines alongside the United Auto Workers Union members in Michigan today. The press secretary says the president is hoping for a win-win agreement between union members striking and the big three automakers.
The union members are calling for higher wages and job protections. Writers Guild of America leadership is set to vote today on whether or not to approve a tentative deal that could end the writers' strike. Its negotiating committee reached an agreement with Hollywood's top studios over the weekend. If the deal is agreed upon, it would then go to the roughly 11,000 WGA members for approval. The walkout began more than 140 days ago. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors. In his address, he told them the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by the entire society. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini has more. The abusers that have affected the church are only a pale reflection of a sad reality that involves all of humanity and to which the necessary attention is not paid. In his address, the Pope associated the suffering of abused children and of all vulnerable persons to that of the suffering of Christ, recalling the martyr child St. Christopher de la Guardia, celebrated on the 25th of September in Spain. Pope Francis warmly thanked the Catholic Latin American Commission involved in training priests and religious for the protection of minors, saying its work is one of the several contributions to the progress the Church has made in the past years in addressing and eradicating child abuse. He remarked that it must also be a significant work for society so that the steps and achievements of the church in this field can be an incentive for other institutions to promote this culture of care, referring to the image that identifies each of the little ones with Christ himself. The Pope further noted that the church's efforts in fighting this scourge is not limited to the mere application of protocols, but also entrusted to Jesus in prayer. Concluding his address, Pope Francis invited to pray St. Theresa of the child Jesus so that those who commit these crimes may be converted and see in their victims the eyes of Jesus. I am Lisa Zingarini. The Attorney General of California is suing pregnancy centers in his state for what he claims is false advertising. In his lawsuit, Rob Bonta targeted what he called misleading advertising of abortion pill reversal. Bonta calls the centers predatory and is accusing them of making false promises to pregnant patients. The White House is warning of the consequences of a government shutdown potentially at the end of the month. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack said a shutdown would cut nutrition assistance for nearly 7 million mothers and children covered by the WIC program. It could also impact access to loans for farmers and housing loans for rural families. Congress needs to pass legislation to fund the government before October 1st. The House Oversight Committee will hold its first hearing on the impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Thursday. They'll likely focus on constitutional and legal questions around the president's alleged involvement in his son Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings during his time as vice president. Committee Chair James Comer also plans to subpoena the personal bank records of Hunter Biden and the president's brother, James Biden. Libyan officials are being detained in an investigation into the deadly collapse of two dams after flooding in the coastal city of Derna. 
Brian Shook reports. A statement from the Libyan Attorney General's office says that 16 top officials are potentially facing a criminal case. Derna's mayor and several water infrastructure authorities are included in those detained. Heavy rain sent massive flooding through the city on September 10th, killing close to 4,000. I'm Brian Shook. The bishops of Canada are meeting this week with a number of important life issues to discuss. The Catholic News Agency reports their plenary assembly runs through Thursday, and among the items on their agenda is a discussion on the rise of deaths by euthanasia in their country, as well as the protection of minors. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. The podcast of the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith lets you replay and share an interview. They even have markers to help you find the interview quickly. Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast are in the daily show notes at sacredheartradio.com. Schneller and Aquaman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at the Abrasive One. Dot com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien, Tuesday, September the 26th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like you might need your umbrella later today. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly to mostly cloudy today with some evening showers and storms primarily to the west and a high of 81 degrees. Scattered showers tonight and a few storms possible with an overnight low of 60. Showers likely with a few storms tomorrow and a high of 76. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower by evening and a high of 78 today. Cloudy with scattered showers and storms tonight and an overnight low of 60. Cloudy with showers likely tomorrow and a high of 75. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Steve Ray from CatholicConvert.com. He's a pilgrimage guide, has lots of great resources at his site as well. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Greetings from Jerusalem. Yeah, whenever we call you, I always kind of want to know where you are, and Jerusalem is a little broad. I want to know specifically where you're at today. We're at the Notre Dame Center. We're, our bus is coming in 25 minutes, and we're going to the airport to pick up 95 pilgrims for the next eight days to go through the land. I'm looking out over the Mount of Olives, the Kidron Valley, and the Holy Sepulcher right now. Wow. I've read about those places. You know, I read them out I'm going to get you over here someday, Matt. I'm <laughs> going to get these you days. over here someday. One of these days. Well, we've been going through the unknown sorrows of Mary. Of course, many of our listeners are familiar with the Seven Sorrows Devotion, uh, but you've been reflecting on the life of Jesus and Mary and some of those things that are sorrowful moments in her life that she might not have been familiar with. So let's start with the ninth unknown, unknown sorrow. What would that be? 
Yes, I came up with 12, and we've done the first eight already. So the ninth one is kind of a two-parter, two-for-one, because Mary has to, Jesus at the cross said, woman, this is now your son. So she no longer lives in the cave in Nazareth like she did before with her son. When a woman doesn't have a husband or a son, she could be destitute because that's how women survive. That's why it was such a thing to be a widow or an orphan. So John took her into his home, but that meant leaving Nazareth, her tiny little village of 250 people or so, her relatives and friends, to move down to the big city, kind of a megatropolis compared to Nazareth, of Capernaum, and she had to move into someone else's home. So the sorrow, I think, is she's no longer in the village that she's familiar with for the last 33 years. She's no longer the matron of her own dwelling place. She loses her privacy as she moves in with another big family because she moves in John and James, who are the sons of Zebedee, and it's very likely that Zebedee owns the house and they have different areas of the house like they still do today. So Mary is going to be in John's portion like apartment, but also James would be living there and Zebedee would be living there. And so she's lost the privacy. And people could say, you know what, she's sinless, so she's going to just adapt. But she's still a human being and she still has the same emotions that we do and um, of being like a stranger in another person's home. I know it's difficult for me, and I think it was a sorrow for her. And then the second part of that is while she's living with John, she's also living with James. James and John are brothers. They would live together in the same dwelling, even though it might have multiple levels. And so there, James in John in Acts chapter 12, Herod beheads him. He cuts his head off. The first apostle to die is a martyr. And that's not a whole lot longer after the uh, Pentecost. So Mary has not only moved into the home of James and John and lost her being in charge of her own place, but now one of the two young guys that she's living with is killed. He's beheaded, and that's got to be like a son to her. So that's a real sorrow, I think. Well, and this next sorrow that you've mentioned also has to do with Mary moving around. Yes, again, she has to move again because John, we know, becomes the bishop of Ephesus. We don't know exactly when that is, but she, as living with John, would have been with him because it says in the Gospel of John, and he wrote this at around 100 A.D., he knew, he said that she moved in with him and lived with him for the rest of her time from that time on. So she had to move to Ephesus, which is a very pagan town, very pagan city. And the early fathers recognized that John moved there and Mary moved there. And there's a house of Mary, uh, Anne Catherine Emmerich, in a vision had it. The monks went up and they found this up on Nightingale Mountain above uh, Ephesus that John built for her. And when they had the Third Ecumenical Council of 431, they had it in Ephesus because they said they knew Mary had been there and lived there, and they went there to define Mary as the mother of God, the Theotokos. So she has to move away from even from her land of Israel with her people and move to a pagan area of Ephesus. And by the way, the traveling had to be part of that as well because it's over a thousand miles if you're walking. 20 miles a day, calculate that. And she had, oh, if they went by ship, you had to rent your own space on the deck of the ship. You didn't have cabins like when I take my folks on a cruise, you have a nice cabin and restaurants. This one, you had to rent space on the deck of the ship, therefore you were subject to the weather, no toilets or anything else. So going from Jerusalem to Ephesus, living in a pagan country, and the rigors of travel there would have been a sorrow for her as well. Well, 
The 11th Unknown Star of Mary uh, is somewhat familiar to us because uh, we uh, mark it in the Feast of the Assumption. Some call it the Dormition, right? Of course, uh, this yeah. uh, this great thing of being united to Christ in heaven, but also leaving behind these apostles, you know, in the family of church on earth. But I want to focus on this 12th Unknown Sorrow because it's one that gets echoed every single time uh, we hear about an apparition of Mary. Uh, this 12th Sorrow comes up. Yes, yeah, so she she dies, which is a sorrow, of course, the separation of body and soul to go to heaven, but then she's rejoined with her body. But when she gets there, you'd think, oh, now Mary's in heaven. Everything's joyful. Everything is good. She has no more sorrows. But that's not right because Mary looks down and she sees the earth and she sees the people and she's sorrowful for all of those who reject her son and who don't have anyone to pray for them. And I, I'm just going to read this. This is the Venerable Lucia of Fatima, who had the visions along with um, Francesco and Jacinta. He said, Francesco was a boy of few words. Whenever we prayed or offered sacrifices, he preferred to go apart and hide, even from Jacinta and myself. If I asked him, Francesco, which would you like to do better, to console our Lord or to convert sinners so that no more souls will go to hell? He said, I would rather console our Lord, he responded. Didn't you notice how sad Our Lady was the last month when she said that people must not offend our Lord anymore, for he is already much offended? I would like to console our Lord, and after that, to convert sinners. Why did he want to console our Lord? Because when Mary came to the children at Fatima, she was sorrowful and weeping because of the people who had rejected her son and were not repenting of their sins and being right with their son, with her son. So Mary is still in sorrows. She still has that sorrow for lost souls. And until the end of time, I think she will always have that sorrow. Yeah, well, and it is... Again, we've got this whole month of September dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows, and we look back on the the life of uh, of her as recorded in the scriptures, and even those unrecorded things. And I, you know, just think on to the present day the implications of those. If uh, Jesus at the cross says to John, uh, you know, "Behold your mother," and He's saying that to all of us, and we are her church, and from the moment that things got started, there have been good and bad things happening in this church that she is the mother of. And so I uh, I pray yep. for her intercession often because she is a woman. If she Like any mom, uh, like you know this, uh, raising a family means lots of joys and lots of heartache. <laughs> so yes, I uh, pray for her intercession the, often. One of the sorrows of being a mother and a grandmother and a father and a grandfather is you can't you can't control everything with your kids. You have to let them do things on their own. You want to step in and control it, but you can't. And that's a sorrow, too, especially when you see problems that you can't do anything about, like sicknesses or illnesses or financial issues. And so Mary has those same kind of sorrows when she has her fam- her extended family, which is the church. And um, so, yeah, those are the 12 sorrows of Mary I came up with. On my website, I, I saw the talk that I gave on it, if people are more interested. But I, thank you for letting me share these over the last four weeks. And I look forward to talking to you again uh, next week from uh, from Galilee, I think it will be. Very cool. And say hello to those pilgrims when they get off the plane and let them know that their Sunrise Morning Show family is praying for them to have a really spiritually fruitful time there in the Holy Land. Very good. I will, Matt. God All bless right. you. Take care. Uh, Steve's website, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Click on over and you can see him in his, in his pilgrim guide hat, even. we got Chris McGregor coming up next. 
with thoughts from St. Gregory the Great on Angels. It's 14 till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from. And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on whatever you buy. You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN, communicating the faith. I had to go through fear and thank God that I overcame the fear and I just left it up to God and now there's no more fear, there's just acceptance and I'm just learning to listen. If you want to be closer to God, you just need to keep following His rules and your application, your radio station has helped me to always be positive and continue to listen to the rules and obey. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. 12 till. Here's Anna with headlines. President Biden will be joining the picket lines alongside United Auto Worker Union members in Michigan today. And meanwhile, the leadership of the Writers Guild of America is set to vote today on whether or not to approve a tentative deal that would end the writer's strike. Ethnic Armenian Christians have begun their exodus from Nagorno-Karabakh, also known as Artsakh, following last week's takeover by the Azerbaijani military. And the Attorney General of California is suing pregnancy centers in his state for what he claims is false advertising of abortion pill reversal. You can hear the news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I am so good. I cannot tell you. I mean, I know I say this every week, Chris, how excited I am to get to talk to you about the Office of Readings that you the the selection that you have chosen each week. But I am Really excited to talk about this one um, from the September 29th Feast of the Archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, and this really stirring sermon on them from Pope St. Gregory the Great. He's a doctor of the church, right? Oh, yes, he is. And of course, he's he's the uh, he's the great. And we just, the thing about, I'm excited too, every time I get a chance to 
go into the office of readings. This is the church is giving us to feed on every single day. So it's right there. And the whole church is thinking and contemplating the angels. I mean, what a time. Friday is the feast of the archangels. And then like three days later, uh, after, of course, St. Jerome and Therese, the little yep. flower, we have the great feast of the guardian angels. I yeah. mean, this is just celestial time and, and, and overdrive, isn't it? It really, really is. I love this time of year and the feast days that we get um, in in September and October, for sure, as you were just mentioning. So let's take a look at this sermon from St. Gregory he starts with what I think, Chris, and and I, I assume you agree, a really helpful explanation of what an angel is and, and what distinguishes an archangel. Yeah, he is writing so many years before, probably 700 years before St. Thomas Aquinas will write, break open even more insight and vision about the angels. But Pope Gregory uh, the great Benedictine would say that the word angel denotes a function rather than a nature. They don't, they're holy spirits of heaven. They only uh, take on the name angel, as it were, when they deliver messages. Hmm. So even in the great choir of angels, the nine that we uh, we acknowledge with the seraphim, the cherubim, the thrones and and all of them, they are communicating with each other in mm. communion. They all have relationships. They're beings of relationship. And so God gives them to us in the form of those messengers of his great desire to commune, communicate with us. Yeah. And so then the ones who proclaim messages of supreme importance, he says, are called Archangels, And so it was that not merely an angel, but the archangel Gabriel was sent to the Virgin Mary. It was only fitting that the highest angels should come to announce the greatest of all messages. And then goes on to talk about each three of them. You know, I was really, really struck by his explanation of St. Michael. Oh, I think Michael, I have a son named Michael. I have a brother named Michael. Michaels nice. have been very prominent in my life. And I have to say the name Michael, who is like God? It's almost like who who can be God? And yet Michael serves God in such incredible ways. We see him uh, in the Old Testament at the end, um, but he also is in the apocalypse where he's battling mm. the enemy. And he, the archangels, according to that great choir, they're, they're not like the seraphim and the cherubim, the mighty, mighty ones who probably Lucifer, that, that angel that wanted to be like God. No, he's Michael, the little, the, actually the archangels are on that lower rung and their humility, they're the ones who is like God and can vanquish that proud angel that uh, not holy angel and uh and he still intercedes for us today yeah this was the line that really got to me chris i hope you can reflect on it he said whenever some act of wondrous power must be performed michael is sent so that his action and his name may make it clear that no one can do what god does by his superior power isn't that something again it's it's Michael 
is doing the work of the of God. It is God who is the he he's the one who is the action. Michael is actually out of the way in a in a way because God is working through him to be able to come to our remedy, to come to our aid. And he's the one that we call to. I, after every mass, I still say the St. Michael prayer. Yeah, uh, we say I say it often, and I think it's. Uh, and he brings in all of the others as well. He's a, a a great uniter. And then there's Raphael or Raphael, Raphael, Raphael. My son is very particular because he he got it from a name from a turtle. But <laughs> which one? Wait, which one does he? The, Which one the, does he insist upon? Uh, Raphael. Raphael. Okay, yeah, I'm Raphael. sorry I pronounced it wrong. Please no, apologize no, no, to no him wrong. for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there's, uh, no, seriously, in that, um, we see him in the book of Tobit, and Gregory the Great talks about him. He is God's remedy. Mm. He's the one that, it, there's, a, there's a saying that in that, we don't hear his name in the New Testament, but when that passage in the Bible about the pool of Bethesda, that people would go for healing. Yeah. And remember that? And the man yes. who couldn't get there, yeah. that that water was stirred. And the thought was that action probably, you know, could have been Raphael yeah. um, or Raphael uh, going down and stirring that water. We don't know that for sure. It's not in the scripture, but there's that thought because that's God's remedy, that action of healing. Yeah, Raphael or Raphael. Sorry, I can't get out of the habit. (laughs) Raphael means, as I have said, Gregory says, God's remedy for when he touched Tobit's eyes in order to cure him, he banished the darkness of his blindness. You know, I think about Aquinas there talking about sight being the superior sense um, in the sense that we we need that sight um, in a in a metaphysical sense, and here is Raphael bringing that to us. Such a powerful intercessor Raphael is to banish the darkness of blindness, both physically and spiritually. I would think. Amen. They were, they're hand in hand, yeah. oftentimes, hopefully, and the, the holy angels just they pray for us. They're with us now. Praise yes. God. Praise God. A beautiful, beautiful sermon that you get in the Office of Readings for the Feast of the Archangels. And we've been talking about it with Chris McGregor. You can find discerninghearts.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Chris, thank you so much. Oh, it's glorious to be with you to talk about the angels, Anna. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. All right, that'll do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, and Father Rolf Weeman will share his new book, Sacramentals, Their Meaning and Use. Alan Migliorato will discuss his adventure Catholic parenting tip. I will speak about the nature of spiritual warfare, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to praise the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects 
that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Many times, the death of a loved one occurs while they are away from home. Depending on the distance, this expense could cost their family tens of thousands of dollars. To help families, the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society offers the Travel Plan, which assists in bringing home a loved one if death occurs more than 100 miles from their residence. A reasonable one-time fee provides a lifetime of coverage. Find out more about the Travel Plan at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in Miamisburg. Featuring beautiful custom rosaries and thoughtful Christ-centered gifts for weddings, priestly ordinations, and any occasion. 937-530-8026. This is Bishop Roger Foyes of Covington. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Sacred Heart Radio. On this Tuesday, September the 26th, the Feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien, let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, make us one in mind and heart. We pray for all the church in the midst of difference and diversity that you would make us one. We pray for all who believe in your name in the midst of our divisions. Make us one in you. For all who live in opposition to one another in the midst of our conflicts and misunderstandings, Lord, make us one. O God, you are one God in three persons, and you have made us in your image. Bring us into the unity for which Christ lived and prayed and died, that we may give glory to your name through him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Make no mistake, the devil wants to split us up. Christ prayed that we would be one. So that's uh, that's where things stand. <laughs> so uh, pray in that prayer uh, for peace in the midst of all kinds of differences and difficulties in our church today and in our world for that matter. So it is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman has sports. And up this hour... Robert Tunmeyer is going to be along from Heroic Men. He was actually on the journey home last night and shared his story from going to being 
basically he was just a straight up heathen and <laughs> found faith uh, and now runs a Catholic ministry for men and a Catholic uh, free video platform uh, reaching out to men. We'll talk to Robert this morning. Dr. Jared Stout will discuss the Eucharist as the summit of Christian life. We'll catch up more with Father Mike Schmitz from the Catechism in a Year podcast, and we'll look at the dignity of the human person as the foundation for all Catholics, uh, all Catholic stuff as it pertains to morality. All Catholic morality is centered on the dignity of the human person as made in the image of God, and Father Schmitz will unpack that a little. Plus, Dr. Jeffrey Morrow from the Ascension Press Guide to the Old Testament. We'll talk about the book of First Chronicles this morning. So stay with us if you can. Two minutes past, news of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Also, Central Fabricators and CentralFabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. President Biden will be joining the picket lines alongside United Auto Workers members in Michigan today. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre says the president is hoping for a win-win agreement. Union members are striking against the big three automakers currently calling for higher wages and job protections. Meanwhile, the Writers Guild of America leadership team is set to vote today on whether or not to approve a tentative deal that would end the writer's strike. Its negotiating committee reached the agreement with Hollywood's top studios over the weekend, suspending all picketing. If the deal is agreed upon, it would then go to the roughly 11,000 WGA members for their approval. The writer's walkout began more than 140 days ago, bringing the film and TV industry to a halt. Ethnic Armenian Christians have begun their exodus from Nagorno-Karabakh, also known as Artsakh, following last week's takeover by the Azerbaijani military. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. David Babayan, an official in the region's ethnic Armenian government, has told Reuters news agency that he expects almost all of Karabakh's 120,000 ethnic Armenians to leave. They do not want to live as part of Azerbaijan, he said. 99.9% prefer to leave our historic lands. The fate of our poor people will go down in history as a disgrace and a shame for the Armenian people and for the whole civilized world. Nagorno-Karabakh is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, but has been governed by ethnic Armenians since the collapse of the Soviet Union. Azerbaijan says that it wants to reintegrate the Armenians, now within its borders, as equal citizens. Armenia, however, has raised fears of human rights abuses and ethnic cleansing, pointing out that Azerbaijan has refused international oversight of the reintegration process and failed to provide details on how it would be Achieved. The Armenian government has promised to accommodate all refugees from the enclave, saying it will lovingly welcome our brothers and sisters. In around the year 300 AD, Armenia became the first country in the world to officially adopt Christianity. Both the European Parliament and UNESCO, the United Nations Cultural Agency, have raised concerns over the destruction of the historic Christian sites in the enclave. In an interview with BBC in 2020, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aleph denied that there is any cause for concern, suggesting the churches had been targeted accidentally. Pope Francis visited Armenia in 2016. Earlier this year, he sent Cardinal Pietro Perlin to the region to meet with both Armenian and Azerbaijani officials concerning the situation in Nagorno-Karabakh. I'm Christopher Wells. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors, saying... 
The scourge of child abuse must be addressed by society at large. He said, how the world would change if we saw in the suffering of every child, of every vulnerable person, a trait imprinted in the veil with which Veronica wiped the face of Christ. Pope Francis invited everyone to pray through the intercession of St. Therese so that those who commit these crimes may be converted and see in their victims the eyes of Jesus. Seven Republican presidential candidates have qualified for the next debate in California. Mark Mayfield reports. The RNC announced on Monday that former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who took part in the first debate in Milwaukee last month, didn't make the cut. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Vice President Mike Pence will return to the stage, along with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. The group also includes entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Former President Trump is skipping the debate. I'm Mark Mayfield. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. How about them white helmets, Paul Lockman? You know, I was a fan. Uh, unlike Matt Swaim earlier this morning, I did like the look and uh, even better, I like the scoreboard at the end of the game. Cincinnati yes. Bengals picked up a, a big win last night. 19-16 to 16 wasn't always pretty. But uh, the Cincinnati team won. That was the good news. L.A. lost. Rams lose. Joe Burrow started the game. He uh, was nursing a calf injury. Showed it at times, but also showed why he is one of the best. 26 of 49, 259 passing yards. He didn't throw a touchdown. Did have an interception, but it was like the best interception I've ever seen in my life. Jamar Chase, he caught fire. 12 passes, 141 yards. Joe Mixon looked good. 19 times he carried the ball for 65 yards and a TD. This guy, Logan Wilson, was a a nightmare for Matthew Stafford. He picked off uh, Matthew uh, twice. Also, Trey Hendrickson rushed him all night long, and he tallied two of Cincinnati's six sacks. Looked good last night. Bengals improved to one and two. We'll visit the Titans on Sunday. The other... um, Football game last night was the Eagles against the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah, that one was, wasn't even close. 25 right? to 11 final score. I don't know if you remember this uh, when we were talking oh, about it. Another... It was another scoregami. Really? I know. How how very unique. I think 25 to 11. 25 to 11. Yeah, very okay, ugly. So... Yeah, there are a couple of safeties in there. I'm... Really? Yeah. 7, I mean... 2, and 2. Yeah, I, it was at one point 22 to 3. I, I know that. So that and that was off of safety. So, uh, but wow. uh, yeah, pretty cool. Also, big How news intriguing. tonight: Reds. We're back in Reds mode. Reds uh, take on the Cleveland Guardians. Ooh. We are also uh, scoreboard watching. We're rooting for the Braves. Okay, they take on the Cubs, and then uh, the Diamondbacks play the White Sox. We're definitely rooting against them, and we also have to root so we're against rooting the Marlins for the White Sox. And against the Cubs. And we are also rooting for Father Tangora's New York Mets. And the Mets. Yep. Okay. That is our uh, baseball assignment. We are White well. Sox fans and Mets fans. And, and Braves fans. Braves fans. Along with rooting for our Reds, which are first and but foremost. first and foremost, we are Absolutely. Reds fans. Of course we are. 
Let's get to uh, traffic. Traffic, a service of Rose Automotive. Pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton. On the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. How's the traffic out there? Um, a few slow spots to report and one um, fairly significant one. Southbound 71, you're going to be on the brakes from uh, Kings Island all the way down to the Norwood Lateral. Southbound 75 is slowing from just past 275 to the Norwood Lateral, mostly through the Lachlan split there. Northbound 75 is a little slow as you approach the lateral as well. Now, in northern Kentucky, northbound 7175, you are slowing from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 is solidly slow from 275 up to the river. And then the bottom loop of 275 heading westbound through the construction. You're on the brakes from, it looks like, Madison Pike over to Mineola Pike. Now, for weather... Looks like the honeymoon could be over tonight. Partly to mostly cloudy in Cincinnati today with evening showers and storms, mostly to the west with a high of 81 degrees. Then scattered showers and a few storms are likely tonight with an overnight low of 60. Showers likely with a few storms tomorrow and a high of 76 degrees. I like the temperature reading there anyway. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy today with a slight chance of a shower by evening, a high of 78. Cloudy with scattered showers and storms developing tonight and an overnight low of 60. Cloudy with showers likely tomorrow and a high of 75 degrees. Today is Tuesday, September the 26th. It is the Feast of Saints Cosmos and Damien, the unmercenary physicians. They gave everything freely as Jesus gave freely. Saints Cosmos and Damien, pray for us. 11 past the hour now. Matt? Thanks so much, Anna Mitchell. I can't believe I rooted for the Yankees yesterday. I felt just so awful. I'm like, please beat the Diamondbacks. And the Yankees pulled ahead, and I was like, yeah. And I'm like, what am I saying? What am I saying? The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Robert Tunmeyer from HeroicMen.com. If you've never checked out their platform loaded with free videos and resources to help men grow in the Catholic faith. Definitely check it out. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Robert was just a guest on the journey home as well. Robert, good to talk to you again. Uh, good morning, Matt. Good talking with you. I got to tell yeah. you something real quick. I, you know, I, I work out about 6 a.m. every morning. I, I listen to you and, and Anna on, on a series when I'm working out. And over the last couple of weeks, you keep mentioning that you're going to go uh, live on uh, on TV, <laughs> and you always mention your uh, your hair. Of course. <laughs> and you know, having met you, it would spend some time with you. Every time you say that, it makes me laugh. <laughs> you just see the glare coming off of my bald head in your in, in your mind's eye. <laughs> you know, you were just on the journey home, uh, and I hope a bunch of people got to watch that. If not, uh, that episode is going to be linked at chnetwork.org and probably through Heroic Men as well. Uh, and you go through a lot of the um, the stages of being completely just heathen and secular before you had an initial conversion of Christ. I thought you'd appreciate this. I was looking at a comment on your YouTube video, and... Uh, I don't know how well you identify with this, but I got a kick out of it. Someone commented, they said, Robert's conversion took so long because the Holy Spirit was rummaging around for a bigger hammer to hit him in the head with. (laughs) 
Yeah, we, we did. Uh, we, we fired the link out to our database, actually, and it was watched by the thousands of people. Yes. Well, and it's a, it's a great story. I want to actually fast forward to an interesting part of that story because uh, there's all kinds of things in the background of what led you to become a Christian and get involved in the evangelical world uh, as well. But something happened because you were splitting time between evangelical churches and Catholic Mass, and you'd married a Catholic, but were still kind of in your own evangelical world. That actually, there are a lot of people listening right now who have been in that situation, Robert, <laughs> who are, you know, maybe going to Mass, maybe listening to Catholic radio, maybe humoring their spouse by still going on Sunday mornings with them to Catholic services, raising their kids Catholic, sending them to Catholic schools. What was it that happened that sparked that thing that said to you, why am I not Catholic? Um, well, you know, I I, I went to RCIA um, uh, not to become Catholic. A, 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 a brother suggested I go to RCIA, and I went with the intention of simply learning. No, no real desire to be Catholic. Didn't have anything against being Catholic. Um, so I went to RCIA and midway through the class, they, they played this video by, uh, Dr. Scott Hahn called the lamb supper. And Matt, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks that the Catholic church is a fullness of troops. I mean, it was, you know, I, I can remember being in class that Thursday evening uh, and it's just like, Oh, Oh, I should be Catholic. Uh, so it was just that's what did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think that some people would say, well, the Eucharist is such a powerful reality. How come it didn't make sense to you before being in the real presence of Christ? You know, at Mass every Sunday, I think it's impossible sometimes for a Catholic to understand how someone wouldn't get that. But. But I know people, and you know people all the time, uh, men who've been going to Mass for years and just haven't had that aha moment. Um, what do you think are some of the things that, that prepared you to receive that when you heard it that way? You know, Matt, <laughs> I, I just say it was the Holy Spirit. Um, God's got a plan for all of us, and I've come to realize it's normally not my plan. Um, it, you know, it just, he moves. And I, and I think that the thing that if we just, we'll just seek him more and trust him more, the things he'll do through us for his glory is incredible. Um, you know, you know, the, I tell my Protestant brothers and people that don't practice the faith anymore, if you really, truly believe that Christ was present in in the Eucharist, there is no way you could ever leave the Catholic Church. Can't do it, if in fact you know the truth. Indeed. Well, and... It, it brings perspective to any conflict you might see, any news story you might see, any disappointing interaction you might have with a priest or a bishop or a fellow Catholic. It puts the perspective all back on who brought us here in the first place. 
But I want to put some some challenges out there because you know with heroic men uh, and your website, you're all about challenging men to to take that next step with Christ, to be more virtuous, to be more a person of service, uh, to be more faithful to Christ. Uh, there's probably a guy out there listening right now who has maybe a desire to do that but doesn't know how to do that, or maybe they've been kind of involved peripherally with the church on some level. Uh, what would you say to, to encourage them to take that next step uh, in faith to really be a plugged-in, virtuous, faithful man in their parish community and in their families? Here's what I would uh, throw out to any man. Um, if you're going to Mass sometimes on Sundays or often, uh, you know, on Sundays, and you're just not really engaged, go to Mass just one more time a week during the week. Go to a weekday Mass just once a week. It'll take 30 minutes, typically 35 minutes, because when a man goes to Mass more than once, a week, the Holy Spirit is going to do mighty things. And I, I try to get men to think about this. Us men, we're about results, right? And if you go to Mass just one more day a week, that is a 100% improvement. <laughs> That's good math right there. I mean, you know, and you, so you, you, can, you can literally have a 100% increase in your your spiritual growth simply going to Mass more than one day a week. Well, and as you and, think that through, too, Robert, it's causing you to make a conscious decision to do one good thing that you're not required to do because it's a good thing, right? And that's a, yeah. that's a big step in virtue. Yeah, and I, you know, being a convert, you know, this concept – you know, you're, we have an obligation to go to Mass on Sunday. You have the opportunity to go to Mass on Sunday. It's not an obligation. You know, it's, it, it's an opportunity that you have. Yeah. So, You've got an obligation yeah. to eat at some point this week, right? But I don't think of that as an obligation. I think about it as an opportunity, right? It's a yeah. lot about our perspectives, and it's a lot about, you know, what is it that we're there to do? Are we there to check a box? Are we there to please our spouse? Um, are we there out of guilt? Uh, and God wants more for us than that. And I know this is something that you do all the time, uh, talk about all the time in your men's groups and men's conferences and the Heroic Men website, which we've got linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Tons and tons of free stuff from voices you know uh, very well from Catholic Radio and uh, EWTN and the like. And, of course, I'll have Robert Tunmeyer's Journey Home episode linked at sunrisemorningshow.com as well. Robert, thank you. Have an awesome day. Good talking to you again, Matt. God bless. All right, we're back right after this. It's 21 past. In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. 23 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Got a couple of accidents to report now. Right lane blocked on the, on the, the Fort Washington Way, <laughs> northbound 71, right around uh, Columbia Parkway. So you can expect some slow traffic in that area. Northern Kentucky is rather slow. Northbound 471 from 275 up to the river. Northbound 7175 from um, just past Turfway up to the river. Westbound 275 going through the construction. You're running slow from about Turkey Foot on over to Mineola Pike. Then on the Ohio side of the river, an accident on the right shoulder of southbound 75 at the 275 interchange. So you're slowing from uh, just past Cincinnati, just past Cincinnati Dayton Road on down through the Lachlan split, northbound 75 is slowing from 74 up toward Ronald Reagan. Southbound 71, you are slowing from Fields Hurdle down to the Norwood Lateral. Dayton traffic, you're moving just fine. Now for weather. Partly to mostly cloudy today in Cincinnati with evening storms to the west and a high of 81 today. Scattered showers tonight with an overnight low of 60. Showers likely tomorrow and a high of 76. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower by evening and a high of 78 today. Cloudy with scattered showers tonight and an overnight low of 60. Cloudy with showers likely tomorrow and a high of 75 degrees. Please pray with me now. The Novena prayer ahead of the November election here in Ohio. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. 
Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Dr. Jared Stout joins us next. It's 26 past. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Longtime underwriter and proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given human rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human. Regardless of age or stage, ability or disability, CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton. RoseAutomotiveGroup.com. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jared Stout. We've been going through his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. So we've been talking about the Eucharist as the source of life, and now we're going to move into how it is the summit, which is a question I'm going to ask you in a moment. So hang on to that. But first of all, I want to talk about the Mass. You know, we all go to Mass and we have this idea of what it is as we experience it from the pews. But Dr. Stout, what is the Mass? The Mass is essentially the Eucharist, and that is the Son of God made man, his thanksgiving to the Father. Um, And this thanksgiving, which he offers, is essentially the gift of his entire self, um, which was poured out on the cross um, and taken back up in his glorious resurrection. Um, And this gift of thanksgiving, of this complete and perfect sacrifice of praise to the Father, is then given to us, right? So, the, so the mass is entering into the worship of the Son of God while on earth, and which continues in heaven. Why do we call it the mass? Well, the mass is a kind of nickname. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Eastern Catholics uh, speak of the of the mass as the divine liturgy. Uh, liturgy is like the work on behalf of the people, like a public work. And in this case, it's the work of the head, Christ. Um, but we call it the Mass referring to the very end. You know, we say, go, the Mass has ended. And that's kind of a bad translation. And in Latin, it's ite misa est. And so Mass comes from misa. And we don't even know how to translate that. So when I say it's a bad translation, I guess that's not really true because <laughs> nobody knows what a good translation is. But 
it's kind of like go. Okay, we have that part. Ite go, misa est, and you know misa seems to be plural. Est is singular, so it's kind of like what's going on here? Go like the things have been sent, or it's almost something like that. Hmm. And so people say, does that mean that we're sent? Does it mean that the Eucharistic gifts have been sent to the to the sick and those who couldn't be there? And people generally say, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. we are sent out at the end, but the, the gift of the Holy Eucharist was also sent out in the early church. And you still see this, right? Being sent out to the sick and those who were not able to attend. Mm. Well, I mean, not to mention that we are all the body of Christ. And so I guess you could see it in that perspective as well. Like we are all sent as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that the body of Christ is sent out into the world, um, not only, you know, as it is brought by, you know, deacons or priests, the sick, um, but we um, are meant to take the presence of Christ, the Son of God in the world, in the Eucharist, um, out with us in everything that we do. And and that's actually the premise of the book, yeah. that by bringing the Lord's Eucharistic presence with us, like if we have become a tabernacle of this presence, then we will sanctify the world and save civilization. Which I'm sure we're going to be getting into a whole lot more as we continue through this book. Now the question, Dr. Stout, why is this the summit of Christian life? Mm -hmm. Well, the Catechism speaks of the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life. The source, because it's the presence of the Son of God in the world, but the summit is because we are really aiming at communion. God made us to share in his own divine Trinitarian communion. Um, and so we are beings made for love, for relationship with God, um, for happiness, right? Not, ha you know, we think of happiness as a feeling, but happiness is a life according to our, our highest, you know, principles and, and actions. And so the, the Eucharist truly gives us the summit. It is heaven already present on earth because well what's heaven heaven is perfect communion with god in which we share in his own divine life and his own divine happiness and that's given to us already in anticipation now so when you go to mass you are entering into the the most important thing possible and that is entering into communion with god here it is this is what it's all about but the problem is, is that we generally miss that. We're like, yeah, the music was bad or the homily was boring. And weren't those people so distracting in the pew up ahead of us? And hey, what's on TV when we get home today? And it's like, no, no, <laughs> it's, you know, because we have to have faith to see what's going on beneath the surface here. We kind of miss um, this heavenly action that we are entering into. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you're talking about all of this happening, you know, heaven here on earth in the present moment. Jesus told the apostles, do this in memory of me. So can you talk about what that means for us as Catholics who celebrate the Mass in the present moment? Yeah, it's not enough to, to view that memory as a thinking back to. Do this in memory of me uh, essentially means that when we gather as the church— we perform these rituals, um, which are really the, the celebration of a covenant meal. You know, we can look back like we did, right, uh, in earlier uh, shows. We can look back through the Old Testament and see all of these examples of 
a, a communion with God through this kind of covenant meal, like we saw with Abraham or Moses at Mount Sinai. And so we have this new Passover, this new way of entering into communion with God through the covenant, uh, which we have at Mass. And so this ritual uh, meal, what well, we would even say a sacramental meal, um, is what draws us into the reality of what we're celebrating. So it's not just a thinking back to, but it's an actual participation in the events which we remember. So it's not just, oh, yeah, Jesus died 2,000 years ago and rose again. It's, no, we are there uh, in those actions. We, we are present to them. And that is this very rich understanding of memory, that it's, it's not recalling something from the past, but making those past actions present to us um, so that we can enter into them. And that seems so vitally important for our lives as as Catholics. I mean, could you just wrap up this conversation, Dr. Stout, talking about how the mass could actually define the Catholic faith? Well, when you think about it, right, you say, what what makes Catholics different from, you know, everyone else, other Christians, other people in the world? And we would say it's the mass. That's who we are. Right. Mm. You know, the Eucharist is at the heart of the church. And I would say that to really live a Catholic life would mean that we are living a life centered on the Eucharist, that the Mass is truly at the heart of everything that we do. It shapes and defines our life and really draws us into this divine communion with Christ um, so that He uh, can act through us and shape everything that we do. Beautifully put. We've been talking to Dr. Jared Stout, and you can find his book. Highly encourage you to pick up a copy, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization from Tan Books and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Stout, thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, it's 35 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. The White House is warning of the consequences of a government shutdown at the end of the month. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack said a shutdown could cut nutrition assistance for nearly 7 million mothers and children covered by the WIC program. It could also impact access to loans for farmers and housing loans for rural families. Congress needs to pass legislation to fund the government before October 1st. Pope Francis yesterday addressed a delegation from the Latin American Research and Training Commission for the Protection of Minors, saying that the scourge of child abuse must be addressed by the entire society. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. The abusers that have affected the church are only a pale reflection of a sad reality that involves all of humanity and to which the necessary attention is not paid. In his address, the Pope associated the suffering of abused children and of all vulnerable persons to that of the suffering of Christ, recalling the martyr child, St. Christopher de la Guardia, celebrated on the 25th of September in Spain. Pope Francis warmly thanked the Catholic Latin American Commission involved in training priests and religious for the protection of minors, saying its work is one of the several contributions to the progress the Church has made in the past years in addressing and eradicating child abuse. He remarked that it must also be a significant work for society so that the steps and achievements of the church in this field can be an incentive for other institutions to promote this culture of care. 
referring to the image that identifies each of the little ones with Christ himself. The Pope further noted that the Church's efforts in fighting this scourge is not limited to the mere application of protocols, but also entrusted to Jesus in prayer. Concluding his address, Pope Francis invited to pray St. Theresa of the Child Jesus so that those who commit these crimes may be converted and see in their victims the eyes of Jesus. I am Lisa Zengarini. The White House is warning of the consequences. Or, sorry, I already read that story. NASA is hosting a teleconference today to discuss an upcoming solar eclipse, the annular eclipse will be visible from Oregon to Texas on October 14th with a partial eclipse visible throughout the entire lower 48. An annular eclipse is also called a ring of fire eclipse because the moon is far enough away from the earth that it doesn't cover the entire sun like in a total eclipse, leaving an outside solar ring visible. The conference will stream live on NASA's website at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Paul, have you ever seen one of these kind of eclipses you uh i don't know uh, the differences between an eclipse i you know they just look well i just read it were you not listening to me you weren't i mean it's you okay. know you were you're talking sports, about the, you're talking about the uh you know the stars and the moon and mm-hmm. i still think pluto's a planet so i you know don't don't listen oh, to me on anything pluto. right so that's that's you know that's where my astrology or it, it, it is astrology right Astrology. No. no, astronomy. Astrology is what you want to avoid. That is like, you know, looking at horoscopes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, you know. No, you want the astronomy. The astronomy. There is a the great Catholic heritage of astronomy. And in fact, there is a Vatican observatory. Yeah. I, but look, I, astrology I, I, is not. I try not to look up into the stars too much, you know. It's stargazing. I like stargazing. It's good stuff. Anyway. The city slicker. (laughs) 8.39 now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Sports brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Hey, get this. The uh, Bengals won a game yesterday. They uh, won last night beating the Los Angeles Rams. Final score 19-16. Joe Burrow didn't throw a touchdown pass, but he did throw for 259 yards. 12 of those passes were caught by Jamar Chase. He went for 141 yards. Joe Mixon ran for a touchdown while uh, also gaining 65 yards off 19 touches. Trey Trey Hendrickson tallied two of the Bengals' six sacks, while Logan Wilson intercepted two of Matthew Stafford's passes. So uh, Cincinnati improved to one and two. We'll take on the Titans this uh, Sunday afternoon. Good news there. Reds trying to keep their playoff hopes alive as they square off against in-state rival Cleveland. Reds are also rooting against the Marlins and the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. That's a look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this.
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible, so to give a gift of any amount, please visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click Donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Mike Schmitz. He's host of the Catechism in a Year podcast from Ascension Press. Father, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. It is good to have you. And we're continuing to unpack the early sections of part three of the catechism together. And uh, uh, section one focuses on the dignity of the human person. Now, Father, we talk a lot as Catholics about the dignity of the human person from conception to natural death. And we don't say Christian human dignity. We say human dignity. Why do we believe that? That's, it, that's such a great question. And also the fact that you, you're pointing out the fact that the, on this section of life in Christ, that how we live, morality, has as its very starting point, the launching point the Catechism talks about is human nature, as human dignity, as the basis for morality. And, and, and that means that our dignity doesn't come from any source other than God directly, meaning uh, doesn't even, it doesn't even—it's not given to us. It's not imputed to us by our government, by our culture, by our tribe, by our family, by being wanted or not. It is because every human being, regardless of whether Catholic or, or Christian or not, anything, every human being is made in God's image. Because of that, every human being has a unique dignity that no other create creature in the universe has. Mm. So that said, though, how does our baptism as Christians take this dignity to a new level? Yeah. So as, as, as we know, uh, we were made good. We're made good. And so, you know, go back to all the way to Genesis 1 and 2, where God creates the whole universe. And, you know, in Genesis 1, he says, it's good, it's good, it's good. He gets the human beings. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Genesis chapter 3 happens. And, <laughs> and here are these, here's this creation. Here are these creatures that are good. And now we're good but broken. We're good but fallen. And so we recognize that immediately, though, in Genesis chapter 3, after we've fallen, God ultimately, immediately, I mean, promises that this isn't the end. It's not going to end this way, that there will be a, the offspring of the woman will crush the serpent's head. Um, and in Jesus, when God comes to meet us with his grace by the Holy Spirit, what happens is us just ordinary human beings who have created God's image but have been have been broken, we some remarkable through baptism and faith. We are adopted. We're we're actually made into a new creation. We're adopted as God's beloved sons and daughters. Now all human beings on the on the earth, every human being who's ever lived is God's beloved creature. But in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit and faith and baptism, 
We're, we're more than that. We're, we're what St. Paul says, a new creation. And that new creation is that God the Father has actually adopted us as his sons and daughters. I mean, we become Christ himself, do we not? We are yeah. brought into his body. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so we are called to live that way. Right. Yeah. So the goal of the Christian life, you know, Christian morality is, as we said before, is not simply, you know, being a good kid. The goal <laughs> of Christian morality is being Jesus in the world, uh, being a reflection and image of Christ to this world. And that's um, incredible. No pressure. It's almost, yeah. it's almost unfathomable. <laughs> no pressure. It's un- unfathomable. And actually, it, the church states, teaches that is a call that is impossible without grace. Yeah. And yeah. So, so we need God's help every step along the way. Yeah, I mean, I did want to take kind of a wider view to to close out our conversation here, Father. So this good part of of part three, a good chunk of part three, focuses on the commandments, the rules, as, as we were talking mm-hmm. about. What does human dignity have to do with following the rules? And does this apply to everyone, regardless of, of what religion they follow or don't follow? That's a great question. What does human dignity have to do with this? Well, the, the beautiful thing is, you know, um, we recognize this is what the, what the one of the things the church is, is saying in recognizing that human dignity is the basis for morality is this is that morality is not invented. Hmm. That it's, it's not a matter of just like okay, like like you invent baseball. At some point, baseball didn't exist, and some people just said, "Hey, how about this game where we do this?" And these are the rules. And then and God so, said, there. let there be light, and baseball existed. <laughs> no, okay, sorry, right. go on, Father. <laughs> exactly, no, no, good. <laughs> and so in that, those rules are made up. And they, they help people, they help them play the game, but the game's made up. And so sometimes there is there is one perspective of reality that is, yeah, morality's just made up. It just happens to be the social mores or social mores that we kind of fall into. But if we were if we were living in a different culture, a different time, we would follow their, their mores and their because they've invented them over there. But Catholic morality says, no, if human beings are actually a good, if we're made in God's image and likeness, which means we have an intellect and a will, it means we have freedom. If we have freedom, then there is a certain way that we, we carry uh, not only a response, we not only carry the ability to make decisions, we carry the responsibility to make decisions. And so because human beings have dignity, then all of my actions have to be guided by that discovered reality, right? So it's not invented reality, it's a discovered reality. So, okay, if I'm going to make a decision, it's not based off of, is this my preference or is this useful for me? It's, is this good? And that's the thing. It's like, if you take God out of the equation, then all decisions, all decisions, you might call them of morality, that's just simply uh, preference or utility. Is this what you like or is this what you think works? But when it comes to Catholic morality, we say, okay, if human beings have dignity, that means they have a, a worth independent of anyone else, then I have to treat them in that way. And if I do anything to violate that dignity, then even if it's useful, it's still wrong. Even if it's something I prefer, then it's still wrong. If you want to get more from Father Mike Schmitz, go subscribe to his Catechism in a Year podcast through Ascension Press. You can find it linked at Sunrise Morning Show. Com. We'll leave it there for now, Father, but look forward to talking about the Beatitudes with you next time. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Amy. All right. Coming up next, we're continuing on this Ascension Press theme. Dr. Jeffrey Morrow joins us next. It's 12 till. 
Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. Time for our weekly Old Testament Bible study series here on the Sunrise Morning Show. We've been using a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. You can pick up a copy of your own, and I highly recommend you do, over at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. And we're back with Dr. Jeffrey Morrow, one of the contributors to this guide. Dr. Morrow, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. It is great to have you. And we are going to be talking about the first book of Chronicles today. And this, as well as Second Chronicles, but we'll talk about that one next time. Um, such an interesting book and possibly confusing, I think, if you don't understand how the Bible fits together, which I think is one of the missions that you all have with this guide. So tell us about the story that we get in First Chronicles. Well, I'm glad you mentioned how confusing it can be. I mean, that's actually one of the things I think is so helpful about the Bible that we, the Bible guideline that we put together is this following the Bible timeline color-coded system that helps, you know, simplify what's so complex, just as we have with the uh, Bible in the Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. First Chronicles is one of the most difficult books of the Bible to get into, in my opinion. And I think what slows readers down is those massive, long genealogies, the first few chapters. <laughs> yes. It's very hard to get through those, and yet that's one of the most important parts um, of First Chronicles. So what First Chronicles really does is it rereads all of the history we've already covered in First and Second Samuel. So it rereads all of that history, but in light of of the temple in Jerusalem, in light of, um, even though it's not built yet by the end of First Chronicles, it's rereading it in light of the Davidic kingdom and how liturgical the Davidic kingdom is, pointing forward to the temple. That's really interesting, because I wanted to ask why this book exists, if it's just sort of recounting things. So what does this new perspective in light of the temple um, illuminate for us who are, are reading and studying Scripture? Oh, gosh, it's so important. I mean, so you have to understand, I think what we don't realize is, although um, the, oh, we have the same Old Testament as you have in Judaism, 
basically the books are organized differently. So in fact, in a Jewish Bible, go to any synagogue today or in Jesus' day, the Jewish Bible ends with First and Second Chronicles as one book, in fact. It's just the book of Chronicles. And then, so when we look at First Chronicles, it begins with a genealogy going from Adam to David, basically, and the Davidic family. So it shouldn't surprise us that the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, begins with a genealogy, right, going from Abraham to Jesus. And so in a sense, I think what's going on is, is in Judaism, First and Second Chronicles is that great book from the exile showing that there's hope, that there's a Messiah to come, he's going to be a Davidic Messiah, so King David is like the high point of Old Testament history, but then it gets destroyed. So everybody knows that. The Davidic kingdom is destroyed. Exiles have taken place. People are, are gone. Where is God's promises? And the whole point of first and really second as well, Chronicles, is that God's promises are not broken. There will be a Redeemer in the future. And that's where the Gospel of Matthew, I think, picks up where Chronicles left off. And Jesus is identified as that Davidic messianic figure. And so I think First Chronicles is rereading the history. First Samuel and Second Samuel are more like kind of court narratives. You have the prophets, you have the end of the period of the judges, then you have King Saul and King David, and it's walking through those kingdoms, whereas First Chronicles is kind of highlighting the centrality of the Davidic kingdom with God's covenant mm-hmm. and how it's ordered to worship. It's really ordered to restoring that essential aspect of our relationship with God at creation. Hence, it begins with with Adam in the genealogy that we're created to worship. Yeah. So, which characters uh, from First and Second Samuel kind of figure most prominently in this book, and and why? Without a doubt, it's David. Without a doubt, it is King David, and it is because he is the focus of the text, right? So, First Samuel really shows us kind of the end of of the period of the judges and how that the time period was people were not following God. It was complete anarchy, and it was pointing forward to the Davidic kingdom. So what First Chronicles does is it really focuses on this figure of David, and, and, that, and he, in a sense, reveals where the temple will be. And there's a great passage in First Chronicles 21, probably my favorite passage. It's one of only three passages of the Old Testament that mentions Satan. And what we see here is in the account in, in Samuel, David takes a sense of the people gets in trouble. But in First Samuel, First Chronicles 21, we see that it's the devil that inspired David to take a sense of his people because he wasn't trusting in God. Mm. And then he starts to trust in God, and it is through that that our Lord reveals to him where the temple will eventually be built. Wow. I mean, it, as you say, like, this is such an important book to to have a, a greater understanding of salvation history. I want to go back to the genealogy point for a second, sure. because you were you were mentioning uh, Matthew's genealogy, which goes back to Abraham. But isn't it Luke that takes us back all the way to Adam in in his genealogy in and yeah. I think Luke chapter three? Um, what is the the importance of going all the way back to Adam as as Chronicles and Luke do? Well, I think what they're doing, what both of them are actually doing, and, and Luke is very influenced by Chronicles, using it throughout both Luke and Acts, um, is they're both showing that, that Jesus has messages for everybody. <clears throat> so one of the things Luke is doing is tracing Jesus back to God, son of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. And what um, what 
Chronicles is doing is linking David with the blessing to all the nations, which we see with Abraham. So it's not just the Jewish people, the people of Israel, but they're called and chosen for a mission to reunite God's family. So what, what Luke is doing, and Matthew as well, is trying to show how Jesus is for everyone, that the whole people of Israel was called by God to reunite this family scattered and shattered by sin, and Jesus does that. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jeffrey Morrow. That'll do it for this edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Elizabeth's New Life Center, serving at-risk pregnant women and their babies for more than 30 years. Join them for their South Partnership Celebration, October 5th and 6th, with inspirational keynote speakers Bishop Earl Fernandez from the Diocese of Columbus and Dr. Ashley Fernandez, Associate Director of the Center for Bioethics at OSU. More information at their website, enlc.life. That's enlc.life. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. I'm Deacon Drew Grody from St. Michael's in Sharonville. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at Sacred Heart.